When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Friday Eve. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday, one and all. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, coming your way for three hours of power. Big show today, Gunner. We have Bo yes. Wolf from The Athletic, who covers yes. the birds. I uh, yes. we'll look forward to that. That's at 1230. Two o'clock, Jordan Raynon, who covers the New York Giants for ESPN and ESPN.com. In fact, watched his report yesterday uh, on SportsCenter. So yep. first off, how you doing? Everything good? Good, man. Uh, you see what the temperature is outside right now? Ooh, I walked the dog around uh, 10. Right? What's up, Twiz? Uh, it's 90 degrees with a high of 95. Did it look, look, can you see the tears welling up in my eyes? I'm so happy. My, so my dog is very um, particular. My dog, uh, it ha- the conditions okay. have to be right for her, right? So I tried to get her to go for a walk last night. You know, like it was around like 630, somewhere in there. She looked at me like... Okay, dude. No, not happening. Okay. For whatever reason. (laughs) So she did go out this morning. I got her out, I think early, not that it was cold or chill, but I think I got her out early enough where that's the move. I take her earlier rather than later. What's up, Thomas? What's up, Brett? What's up, Twiz? What's up, Steve? What's up, Mo? What's up, Chris? What is up, Adam? What is up, Mr. Taz? And uh, I hope I I didn't miss anybody. How you guys doing? Everybody good out there? I appreciate you. If I missed you, I apologize. It's going fast and furious, as we say. So, yeah, that was was my deal. You got to get your dogs the little booties, man. You got to buy them the little booties. I think so. I think that's the move. The booty. The booty move. Don't don't do it. My wife commented that years ago when we had this dog. We had a big snowstorm. This one we lived in our other house. 
She goes, the, the snow is too deep and it's cold. And the puppy came from California. My brother-in-law had brought brought the dog for us. Um, and I said, you want me to buy what? <laughs> we put booties on the dogs to go out in the snow. Dog came back in with two. <laughs> Never found the other two. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, I can't, I can't do the sweater. I can't do the boot. I can't do it. I, well, I do. I, my dogs do have the small dogs do have a little collection of sweaters for the winter. Cause okay. they get cold. I'm telling you, man, they look like little poindexters with, with the Argyle sweaters on my one dog, even my wife. I don't know how she found us, found a dog, a turtleneck sweater one day, one year. Like what, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. But you know, we're talking about turtleneck. Ex- wow. Yeah, talking about the excessive heat. So I just sent my brother about an hour ago a story. I just saw it pop up. It's so hot in Arizona right now that, and this is happening, I guess it's frequent. Okay. People people are being treated for, when, I guess when it's, it's so hot, people are fainting and falling on the ground. They're being treated for being burnt, for burns on the pavement. Just because the ground's so hot. Yeah. Oh, my so God. Man. Jeez, that is crazy. Man. What is going on here? That is crazy. What's up, Brett? Yeah, I, I, it is nuts, man. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a weird – yeah, when you look even even as hot as it is for us, and it is it is hot. It is hot. No no doubt. But, Tom, look, Tomas says, D-Gun, I'm glad you're enjoying the heat. It's not fun in this warehouse. Hey, dude, I feel you, brother, because when I was in college, my uncle got me a job um, working summers at a company in Milwaukee called American Can Company, which made all your major cans, like the beer cans, Campbell's right. soup cans, and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, with me being the, the youngster, one of the youngsters they hired in the summer, we got stuck working the overnight shift, which was like from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. In factories, there's no such thing as central air. They had the industrial fans. But in the summer, especially in the Midwest, with that humidity, Man, by 3 or 4 a.m., you could cut that that humidity with a knife, dude. Yeah. And you come out in the morning, man, you're like drenched wet. Luckily, it's hot out when you come out. But, yeah, yeah, I know. I feel you, brother. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. That was, uh, you, you know, you do feel I, – I see guys up on a roof, guys, you know, landscapes, yes. breaking rock. It's real. Yes. It, it, landscapers. Yeah, that's real. That is real. Uh, so hang in there, everybody who, who's got to work in this heat. You know, we'll feel for you. Try If you can, please – you know, stay hydrated, you know, get under some shade for a minute. If you can just kind of, if you can pull it off, I get it. I get you're up on a roof. There ain't, there ain't a whole lot of shade up there. I'm telling you, uh, man. Man, hang in there. There are um, a lot of people and stuff like this that will tell workers we're not working today. Uh, you know? Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's yep. smart. Yeah. I know you're trying or, to make Or you go, you do a half, you're done by noon yeah. or something like that. If you can yes. get some stuff done. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, well, we got, we got uh, checking in. Guillermo checks in from Guatemala. What? Yeah. But that never missing you guys. That's awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. What's up, Fitness Rebel? Uh, hey, yes. do, do you live there, Guillermo, or do, are you just visiting there? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, let us hit us up on Guillermo. Let us yeah. know what's going on there. But wow. to answer, uh, to answer, Fitness Rebel and Chris D too. Yes, it was a nice comeback last night, and there. Yes, there was a lot of hand wringing by the uh, by the fight and fills. They, uh, I'll tell you, one of the I think the best catch of the year for the Phillies, Jake Cave. It, just oh, smashing yeah. into the wall. Yeah. I mean, it was a sick catch, but he had a good game. I give Kate so, credit. I'm, so, I'm just so happy there's joy in your voice when it comes to the Phillies. There's a song in your heart. There's this Cheshire cat grin smile on your face we haven't seen in quite some time. Two in a row. Yeah. Took two out of three from the Orioles. That's big. Yeah. That's the, hey, we'll take it. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. You know, yes. they just I needed know. some positives, man, considering what was going on with that team. And what better way to do it than with against a team with the best record in baseball? Kudos to you. You know, you didn't do it against Milwaukee. You couldn't do it against Cleveland. You come back, you take two of three from the best team in baseball. 
Look at Rob. The more I talk about it, the happier he gets. I am happy. It's good. And yeah, good for them. They get a day off today, uh, and they'll be back at it against a team that they should minimum take two out of three or sweep. Don't uh, say that. Don't say it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it, Derek. Don't go. say it. Yes, they need to do that. Uh, that needs just, to happen. I'm uh, just saying it needs to happen. I'm up. No predictions here. What's up, South Jersey? What's up, Mo? Uh, yeah, uh, Postal Service. Yeah, I hear you, Mo. That's tough. That is tough, too. What's up, SB Ricky? It's oh, hard, man. Oh. Anybody who's out there in it, I don't care what you're doing. It's hard. And, and yeah, I, I, I did my fair share. Like, not that I'm good at it, but contracting work for a buddy, all this other stuff, man. And you, it is just you're pouring off yeah. of you. Uh, Guillermo, Guatemalan born, raised, and living down here. Eagles okay. fan since 2012. That's very cool. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Good for you. Uh, oh, look at Isaiah checking in. Trinidad and Tobago. I love that. This what? is cool, man. This That's cool. awesome. We haven't done the. Uh, we haven't done the. Uh, you know, check in. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so everybody, let's get it going now. So everybody, this is no matter you're in the states, you're global, yeah. you're wherever. Check I in. Think, Tell us where you're at. I think uh, in all the times that we've done the uh, roll calls uh, over the last year. We never had Trinidad and Tobago check in. That's awesome. Or Guatemala, I don't or think. Or Guatemala. I mean, yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. We love that kind of stuff. We appreciate you guys. Keep it we coming. Do. Keep it coming. We appreciate you if you're next door or you're, you know, uh, in, in another world. We do appreciate it. All right. Adam's in Collingswood. My Jake's in Havertown. Cy is in uh, in San Diego, Gunner. We my got favorite to, oh, city, Tom. San Diego. My favorite city in America. Daniel's in Phoenix. Thomas is in, or Tomas is in Chicago. Greer, uh, South Carolina. Wow. Ricky, okay. I'll be headed down your way soon, Ricky. Uh, hey, Jeremy. give my man Rob Bella some real barbecue and make sure he puts sauce on the meat. This dude, these burgers with no cheese, you know, hot dogs with no relish. Make yeah. sure he gets some of that South Carolina barbecue sauce. I know it's phenomenal. I've been down to Myrtle Beach, and I'm everybody knows me knows Wow, Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah, we got you, Chris D. So, yeah. uh, Jeremy in Perryville, Missouri. Wow. Yeah, Mo's in Columbia, South Carolina. Mo, that's I need some spots from you, okay? Because I'm heading down there in a little yes. bit. Steve's in New Mexico. Uh, Fitness Rebels in Exton. Uh, Steve is in Vegas. Craig Jackson, Virginia. Craig's in Virginia. We know our girl Chris D is in Lisbon, Portugal. Timothy's in Halstead, PA. Uh, Phil's in Winter, Winter Park. Park. Yep. yep. Ooh, awesome. Winter, awesome. Florida's not the place you want to be right Ooh. now with that heat. Woo. You want to be in the pool if you were in the in the in the wow. ocean. One okay. or the other. Uh Our guy, Kevin Savard, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Right. We appreciate you. Twiz is in West Virginia. All right. This is awesome, man. We we got it. We got a nice, nice base around the uh, country and around the world. Jim's in Lexington, South Carolina. Lexington. Man. Yeah. Uh, Brandon went to school uh in Columbia. Love it there. Uh Delco born and raised for Twiz. I love it. I've always wanted to go to New Hampshire. I've been to, yeah. I've been to what 39, 39 or 40 states in the United States. I've always wanted to go to New Hampshire. I've heard it's beautiful. I heard I heard New Hampshire. Uh I haven't been to Vermont. Um Maine. I've not been, yep. I've not been to Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. Or Rhode Island. I haven't been to Rhode Island either. Been to Rhode oh, Island. Real okay. pretty state. Yeah, I have not been to I've not been to Montana, the either one of the Dakotas or Utah. Same. Or Hawaii. I've not been to Hawaii or Alaska. Hawaii. Yep. Or Alaska. I've not been to Alaska. So that's about ten, 10 states I haven't been. Wait a minute. Adam's exploits. D gun. One day I'm moving to your neighborhood. I need a rancher and these New Jersey property taxes. All right. You make the Delaware uh, move. First of all, Adam's exploits. I'm gonna tell you like I tell my former co-workers at NBC. You ain't allowed to move in my neighborhood. <laughs> I, I, you can't be that close to me, first of all. 
Now you can move south. There's Dover. There's Rehoboth Beach, Bethany Beaches. Or you can move to North Wilmington. Can't move my neighborhood, bro. No, uh, no, no. I can't I have that. No. All right, D got is very. I've been to Greenlee, Colorado. Pretty, pretty area. I've yeah, that's where that's where Kyle's at, and uh, James is in Maine. Uh, yeah, Ricky, uh, Ricky's checking in at the uh, Panthers camp down there. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, all right. All right. So let's hit a couple things. So the Eagles today is just a walkthrough, Derek. Yesterday was a practice. They practiced Ooh. for an hour and three minutes. Yes. Ooh. Today's a walkthrough. And uh, tomorrow they are back at it. Um, see, I'm, I can't get worked up about it because it worked last year. I can't, you know, it, it's oh, no, crazy. No, no. It seems, no. And it's, it seems, you know, it seems to just like, you're not going to be prepared, but, you know, it, it, I'm, 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 say I'm wait. I'm waiting for the tweet to come out today. So and so had a great walkthrough practice today, <laughs> and I'm thinking, here we go again. Plays yeah. right. Through. Wait a minute. We can't say tweets anymore. What do we call them now? They're not tweets. What do we call them? X's. I don't we know what call they them are. X's. We can still call them tweets. We can call them whatever we no. want. Yeah. So, but there's uh, Thomas says, Degon, you have to have a room open for the chat. Oh heck, no. A room open for <laughs> no. No the chat. The chat room. Get no, it? no, no, no. See, people don't understand. You got to understand this. You know, people, I love, I loved all, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. When I worked at NBC Sports Philly, that was probably the only job I've ever had. I loved everybody there, man. It was like a big sports family, man. We came from all different places. You know, you know, the John Borgs, the, you know, Ron Burks, you know, Neil Hartman, Leslie Goodell's D-line. We all came from different places, but we were there from one common cause. We hit the ground running. We were all, you, you know, we yeah. were all mercenaries, man. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what this Comcast sports that thing was going to be, but we hit the ground running. And I loved everybody there. But then once I started getting deep into my barbecue stuff, people would say, well, how come you ever invited me down? And, I, and it's like, it's like church and state. You got to keep them separate, you know? <laughs> And like it's like this, you know. I love everybody in the chat, whether you're attacking D Gun or not. Yeah, I think it's funny. You can't offend me. I'm like right. Teflon Don. I don't care what you say about me. You can't offend me. But there's an invisible circle around the compound. You, you, you just can't cross that barrier. You know what I'm saying? I got. Hey, we don't want to make you uncomfortable. Well, yeah, Look, that much we it's like, know. It's like my boy Nino Brown said, <laughs> "It ain't never personal. It's always business." Yeah. Um, speaking of personal and business, so. <laughs> Yeah, Jake, get off my lawn. Exactly right, Jake. Um, so later, uh, I'm going to read you some quotes from Sean Payton. Woo! Sean Payton oh, oh, oh. went in oh. with an Uzi and went bah, 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 and and took some people out. Okay, a lot of people. So you're going to want to hear these. You don't. You rarely, Ooh. rarely hear this kind of stuff. Uh, I love Sean Payton. Sean Payton was not holding back. Okay. So we'll tell you that. Uh, and look, we try to give you updates on everything that's happening here. So Jalen Ramsey, who's now a dolphin was carted off uh, after a practice injury. They were trainers were tending to his left knee. Mm. Uh, you know, again, I, that's all we know right now. Remember the other day, it looked really bad for CJ GJ. It turned out not to be bad. Let's hope that that's the case. I don't know. You know, that's all we know right now. So we'll keep you posted. if We find anything out, but that's, you know, that's the thing you guard against. You can't, right, right. you just, you're holding your breath the whole time. Every time, you know, when it's not, I say, when I say it's not real, I mean, when they're practicing and it's not a game, you just, man, you hope you can get through it clean. Exactly. Um, but that's, you know, these are the kind of things that happen, unfortunately. And he got tangled up apparently with uh, Tyreek mm. Hill and they carted mm. him off. 
Hey, not 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 to deviate, but people keep keep it coming throughout the show. Let us know where you're watching from. You know, Guillermo, I forgot to ask you. Um, you know, how did you find out about our show? Uh, what led you to the show? And uh, my man, I, I'm sorry, I forgot got your name in Trinidad, Tobago, Tobago. I always mess that up. Let us know how you found out about the show. You know, uh, what led you to watch the show? I'm always interested in stuff like that. Man. I am too. I, I am too. That's for sure. A uh, couple other big things here. Uh, the Angels will not be trading Shohei Otani. Yeah. Look, I don't think you or I thought he was going to be a Philly, thought that was any kind of reality in any way, shape, no, or form. But there, there were people, whatever. But so the Angels are now in buy mode, Derek. Uh, they're actually, they played better late. It's, you know, they're giving credit. They kind of rallied here, you know, because uh, it looked like they were going down the drain again. With all the injuries they had, yeah. Yeah, and including Trout, who they're hoping to have back, I think, I think they're talking about like mid-August. Somewhere around there, okay. okay. But they've kind of they've kind of got going, gotten going a little bit, and they're still in the wild card hunt. They're four back right now. Yep. Uh, so they're not trading Otani, and they traded for Lucas Giolito, the pitcher from the White Sox. So they're he's not going anywhere. Uh, I don't I don't think the Padres are trading Soto either. So I mean, it's going to be whatever's out of that you know that next grouping of guys who could be available. Exactly. We're five days out from the trade deadline. It's August first, so that's where we are with that. Um, beyond that, the, uh, the U S women tied with the Netherlands. I don't know if anybody's watching or was watching last night, very chippy game, uh, women's soccer world cup, very chippy from New Zealand. Uh, but, uh, Lindsay Horan, who's a beast, uh, scored on a header to tie it. So that was, uh, that was, it was a good game. So that's, I like, uh, I like, I like chippy soccer. It was, it was good. Actually. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it last night. It was good. It was thought, jumped off the Phillies right to that timing. Was really good. All right. So you we you and I both watched this, Derek, because Tone was talking about it in our pre-show meeting. Um, Eagles unscripted, which is their on their YouTube channel. If you if you get a chance to check yes. it out, it's, it's very 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 good. It, we, you and I watched the first episode of this yep. year, which they kind of walk you back to last year with the Super Bowl, and you know it, it, they do a good job of intersplicing sort of present day and back then uh but incredibly well done and if you're looking to get further motivated for the football season just watch it because it's the, the access is incredible the emotions behind you know leading up to the super bowl game when they had the team meeting and all the players talked you know and it got emotional about you know what that season meant to them and what they went through just to get to that super bowl um you know you get you get to hear a side of uh, nick sirianni you know coming into this coming uh training camp you know, if we're driving to the complex in his car, you know, in a more natural setting. Now, obviously, uh, the Eagles have say so in terms of what hits the cutting room floor, but they give you enough to get a good feel for what these guys are like, you know, off the practice field, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. And I thought, and I, and I text you and tell and I said, this is better than hard knocks. I mean, obviously, our opinions are biased because it's the team we cover. Yeah. But I thought, it, I thought it was better insight than hard knocks in a lot of ways. Yeah, I did too. And I think that's the advantage to it, it being done in-house where you're going to get a little bit more Nick Sirianni driving in his car, you know, talking to you about what last year meant and what you have to do this year. Like the bowling, they, they, they show a bowling outing. I don't want to give all of it away, but anyway, they, they give you access that I don't think a, a crew that wasn't related right. to the team would get necessarily, right, right. you know, but it was very, very good. It really was. Uh, so if you get a chance to check it out, check it out. So I bring that up for a reason. You know, part of Nick Sirianni's message is we can't do anything about the Super Bowl. That's over with. All we can do is prepare for what's in front of us. And that was his message yesterday, too. He said, when anybody asks me about getting back to the Super Bowl, I tell them it's not about getting back to the Super Bowl. 
A, we're trying to get better every day, and B, we're trying to get better for the Patriots, which yep. is the first game of the season. So here's the question I have for you guys, uh, for everybody. Chat, want to jump in, everybody listening, everybody streaming, and, and you, D-Gun. Uh, what do you think the biggest reason is for teams that suffer that Super Bowl hangover? I mean, you see teams that are good. Obviously, you got to the Super Bowl the year before. The odds are you're a pretty good team, even though you may lose some folks. Um, but And it's called Eagles Unscripted, by the way. Um, so what do you think the biggest reason for the hangover is? When you have that kind of measure of success, and especially when, when, when teams are looking to improve coaching staff is, uh, staffs, um, get certain type of players to fit their 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 uh, culture. Who are the first teams to get rated? The two Super Bowl participants, and a lot of times that's the case. You lose coaches, you lose players, and sometimes you go out and you get all the players that doesn't fit the narrative. You come back the next season, everybody wants to beat you because you are on their pedestal that they could only wish to be on. Um, the, the, it's so many different narratives in terms of how, why it's so difficult in less than 17% or around 17% of teams get back to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, um, when you, when you've loaded the cupboards and all of a sudden people start taking you know, you know, your stock off the cupboards, you got to go out and reload it. And let's face it, your replacement might not be what you want. Plus, you know, players you want to keep, you got to pay a little bit more, which kind of handcuffs you in terms of what you get to replace those who have left. Yep. You know, Everybody's trying to get younger. You know, you look at look at the Rams. Rams are a prime example. They sold their souls for that one moment in time to be a Super Bowl participant, and it worked for them. True. They won it all. Look at what has happened to the Rams since then. They're so handcuffed because they give out so much big money to certain players. They can't even go out and get borderline good players to fill the gaps of those that left behind. Yeah. You know, um, there are very few teams that do it the right way, like the Eagles. You spend money to a certain point, but you got to get younger. And the Eagles were in a position the last couple of years to draft extremely well and develop those players. Did they have to push them to be the primetime players because you had enough veteran presence carryover? And then the Eagles, very few teams do this, which is really um, kudos to the Eagles. Veteran players take discounts to stay here. And that's a big help in terms of opening up the purse book and getting something else that you really need. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. In this day and age about everybody getting all you can while you can, um, the Eagles – look, I didn't think Fletcher Cox was coming back here. I didn't either. I thought Brandon Graham would really go home to Detroit, you know. I thought Bradbury was out of here. I thought Bradbury was out of here. And lo and behold, here they are for lesser money than they could have gotten the open market because of the culture, because of the winning environment, and they see the bigger picture. We got another chance to get back to where we failed – to achieve that final win. We got another chance with a strong nucleus. A lot goes into that. But, you know, there's so many landmines along the way which make it extremely difficult because now you've got 17 Super Bowl games to play against everybody. And on top of that, when you get to that point, the schedule you play next year is that much harder. That's it. That's it. That was Yeah, look, I was going to – that's what I was going to hit you with, what you just touched on. I, I think a couple things. One, you're naturally playing the hardest or the second hardest schedule. At least you should be in theory. Sometimes it gets – we know some team, teams aren't as good, whatever. But in, in, in theory, you're playing the second or, or first hardest schedule. Yeah. You're, you're, they're always going to have people picking at the bones of your team because the odds are you had a pretty good team. There's going to be players that you lose that you're going to miss. You know, I think we all feel good about some of these younger players on the Eagles defense, but Javon Hargrave is a proven commodity. He's out yeah. of here. Yeah, yes. not, that's a big loss. Um, 
I, I think there's, I think that, I think the schedule, I think the people that you lose, and I think there's a natural inclination for a letdown. In other words, like you went through so much to get to that point of that Super Bowl, whether you won it or lost, it was a lot. It was a long climb and a long slog. Yep. I think human nature sometimes tends to, to work one of two ways. Either you're off the charts motivated to get back yep. Yep. or it's kind of like, oh, man, here we go. Like, here we go again. We're, we're starting this thing up again. And and there's a little bit of human nature in there that I think lets down with some people, not everybody, but with some people, I think. Yep. So I think I think those factors for me at least play into it. Look, the good news is and this is, you know, this is not, you know, pom pom waving. I, I think this team really uh has a good mindset i do like i think i think the older guys look at it and say i really want to get one more kelsey and those guys say that and i think the and and i think they can impart on the younger guys like listen you're not guaranteed to get here like you you, this is what it takes to do it and they can show them how to do it and and let's face it you have a guy who is so driven at the quarterback position which is the most important position on the field and i don't think you know, Sirianni, I think, is really, without saying it, it, just from what we got yesterday, and we'll talk to Bo Wolf in, you know, 10 minutes, whatever, really not even 10 minutes, drive home. Man, this first segment went fast. Uh, drives home that, you know, forget last year. We we are, we got, we got to get better each day here. So I think all those things play in the Eagles' favor to buck the trend. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not. One of the biggest factors also that's constantly overlooked is the health of a team because it always seems that those who achieve great things, all of a sudden players start getting injured unexpectedly, you know, now this is a deep roster. Yes, but it can only, it can only go so far. There's certain, there's certain positions you can't afford to lose certain players because even though the backups are pretty good, they're not the frontline players. And that affects the overall camaraderie chemistry of what you're trying to accomplish. Health is a big I can't I can't emphasize enough. The Eagles were the odds on favorite. That 014 was the odds on favorite to go back to the Super Bowl in 2005. Yep. And outside of T.O. losing his mind, I'll always remember the multitude of injuries that team suffered. Now you can look ahead and say it happened in 2017. You know, your franchise quarterback, one of the best special teams player in the history of pro football, your left tackle, so on and so forth. People get, man, there's no way they're going to get back. That was a rarity that it happened like that. Yep. You know? Yeah, but it was. It you've was. got to keep people healthy. You've got to. It's the biggest thing, and it's something you, you really can't – you can control it to an extent by being smart with the way that you practice and, yes. and sports science and load management, but some things you can't control, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey getting carted off today for the uh, Miami Dolphins. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Bo Wolf is going to join us, Derek, from the Athletic 2 o'clock. Jordan Raynon from ESPN.com. We are talking birds when we get back. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown right now. Uh, thrilled that they are part of the uh, channel and Sports Take. I've been going there since I was a kid. Uh, they've been family-owned since 1985. You have Alex and the crew. They're there each and every day, uh, just putting out unbelievable fresh food every single day. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have you name it. They will make it style pizza, specialized pizza your way. If you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, 
Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. They can be reached at 610-446-3810. That's 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. We're back. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, haven't talked to our next guest in a while. Looking forward to getting his review of what went down yesterday. Does an awesome job uh, covering the Eagles and the NFL, along with his compadre, Zach Berman. And they have an excellent podcast as well, Birds with Friends. You can follow him on Twitter at Bo underscore Wolf, and he is definitely a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. What's happening, Bo? How are you, man? How are we doing, guys? Happy good, camp. man. Good to see you, bro. Yeah, good Bo. Good. good, man. Uh, happy to be. Happy to have it back. Happy to have some uh, some actual stuff to talk about rather than digging in the lists and all that fun stuff that we do to get through the last couple of months. Rob's, Rob's a little overzealous about this camp stuff, dude. I'm just telling. Can you. I enjoy? You know can, what? Can yeah, I, we had one day. We got a day off, and I'm telling you what. I'm loving this day off. 
Yeah, you're. I know you're tired. You didn't. You, you know, Bo had a tough day in, in that sun yesterday. It was hot. It was hot. We know that, Bo. Did you get your readers when you were out there, Bo? No readers yesterday. Didn't I? Didn't go for the readers yesterday. Wow. You know what I usually do you? is I, I usually save my one readers for like the last practice of camp. That's my move. Okay. All right. Gets an anticipation thing. You know, it makes yeah. it that much better. At the end. <laughs> gotcha. What's your go-to? I, I'm. I'm a. I, I know you don't get the gelati option there, but I, I like the cherry gelati. Oh, I okay. Have I haven't done that. I, I like the mango. Yeah, mango uh, can't hurt you. And the lime, I guess. The yeah, lemon I'm a big, lime. I'm a big lime. Classic, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go tos. All right, so give me something, Bo, on a positive note that stood out. Something you said, okay, so and so looked good. This was kind of crisp. I get what it. It was an hour practice on the in the first one, but give me something that, that caught your eye at least. This guy looked bigger than I thought. Whatever. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it, you said it. It's like uh, the first practice, it was a pretty sloppy practice, which you would expect. And you know, they weren't they didn't have pads on there. There was not a ton going on. But I think if I would if I was to look for like some sign of encouragement, um, you know, I thought, you know, I thought like Reed Blankenship looked pretty good at safety for one day. Uh, he made he made a nice uh, diving play. You know, James Bradbury looked great, um, but that's sort of what you would expect. He was great last summer, too. Um, the defense was certainly ahead of the offense yesterday, but. Uh, it's the beginning of camp when the defense is always ahead. Plus, they were just working in the red zone, so the windows are tighter. It's harder to score. So, um, I I would I would caution from getting like, you know, two over our skis uh, from from what happened yesterday. Well, you know, I, I still can't come to grips with under this new collective bargaining agreement how limited the practice sessions are. You know, and and I understand it worked extremely well for the Eagles last year, man. But do you get a sense like just when you're starting to get into it, it's it's over? It's like, what do we see here? <laughs> yes, the practices are definitely short. And like you said, it's it's like we thought they were short last year and they were extremely healthy and everything worked out well. So we can't really complain this time around. Yeah. Um, but it is like, you know, having you know, having been in those two days in Lehigh, it is a little yeah. bit jarring that like this is this is all they do that we get to see. Mm. Anything, Bo, any alignments, anybody playing with anybody else that and I know like they have their their the depth chart is very loose right now because things are everybody's working on things. Certain some guys I know Hassan Reddick wasn't wasn't able to practice, etc. Anything you saw that you thought, okay, that's kind of interesting, so and so with so and so or anything like that? Yeah, I think the one thing that was interesting to me, depth chart wise, was that they were rotating Christian Ellis. Um, as the second linebacker with Nico Bedin, uh, he was rotating with Nicholas Morrow. Um, and I only I, I only thought that was interesting because it was a little bit different than the, what they did at other places, right? So mm-hmm. at safety, you know, Sidney Brown is starting at the bottom. He's he's on the third team with every other rookie. You know, Jalen Carter's first snaps came with the third team. So if he's going to rise up and take Reed Blankenship or Terrell Edmonds' job, he's going to have to do it slowly but surely, right? right. Cam Jurgens got the first shot at right guard. We will see if, you know, Tyler Steen gets first team reps moving forward. I'm, I'm not so sure that he will um, or if, you know, Jack Driscoll is involved there. But for yesterday, it was, you know, it was just Cam Jurgens. Um, running back, it's going to be a rotation all camp long, right? We saw like five different guys take snaps with the ones yesterday. But at linebacker, um, you know, the expectation is that it would be Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. But Christian Ellis had this great spring. Um, you know, six practices, but but he looked pretty sharp. And then, you know, he made it. He had another interception yesterday against Marcus Mariota. It was much more of a like just a really bad throw by Marcus Mariota than a, a uh, like sparkling play from Christian Ellis. But I thought it was interesting just to see that on day one they're already rotating those guys. Um, so it, it tells you that that Ellis's stock has risen a little bit this offseason. What did I tell you, Rob? I've told you, Christian Ellis, because he's six three two forty compared to Morrow being six one two fifteen. 
there's something to be said for having that, that girth in terms of holding down the edge when it comes to hey, Derek. Ellis has always rise to the top, my friend. Yeah. Okay. What? Even what? guys who spell their last name incorrectly. With what? How do you feel about the Ellis, the, the double S? Rob? Yeah, I have to talk to him. We're gonna we're gonna have to maybe get that straightened out. Yeah. Because this is how I feel about B E A U's. Yes. Um, U L now- F. Either way. Yeah, well, I don't mind. I, it's, it's weird. I have like a. I kind of like other wolves, even if it's O L F or like O L F. We're all part of the same group, but a B E A U versus yeah. a bow. This is like we are. I we agree. are enemies. Yeah, that's throwdown. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna approach Christian and see if he'll lose the last S. Yeah, it, we'll, it's we'll like see how it goes. It's like people who have trashed the traditional spelling of Derek D E R E K D E R E C. I mean, True. seriously, you know, yeah. there's only one way to properly spell the name Derek. And then people have abused it through the years. But anyway, exactly. um, but this is critical you, stuff. Absolutely. Yes. This is, this is better than football stuff. Exactly. Right? I, I agree. agree. I agree. Yeah. Hey, Bo, yeah. take me back to the running back scenario, because I think that's one of the more fascinating entities about this team when you consider who they've added to the roster. And I've said, I expect the, t- the Eagles running game to be one of the top three or four in the league still, but I don't think they're going to have a thousand yard rusher. Who do you think the lead back is for this team? I think you sort of described it well um, because like they have the superpower that other teams don't. And that's Jalen hurts. Right. So um, you get, you have what Jalen hurts brings as a runner to the running game. And then you have what Jalen hurts brings to everybody else because of the attention that he sucks in from opposing defenses. And that opens things up for uh, opposing running for, for his, his running back teammates. And you also have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Right. So I like to call it, you know, the most running back friendly offense in the league. And I kind of like what they've done building yeah. this group out because they don't they don't need a bell cow um no. you know if you look at uh sort of like the the metrics of like per carry uh success over the past two years like rashad penny is like the best running back in the league but he can't stay healthy he, you know he, he and the eagles aren't going to rely on him to stay healthy but that's a nice upside you know dart throw to throw you've got kenny gainwell who i think is a little bit different than what we thought he was coming in he's not this like explosive uh big play guy he is super reliable. Um, if you look over the past two years, no running back in the NFL uh, gets positive yardage on a higher percentage of his carries than Kenny Gainwell. He's the only guy over 90%. Um, so he is like very reliable and he has stayed healthy. So he's a good, like if, if everything else breaks down, we've got Kenny Gainwell, that's fine. You've got DeAndre Swift who has that big playability and I think is not really built to be a bell cow, but we saw it yesterday at practice. You know, the Eagles like threw four passes to him in a row. Mm. Um, I think his role here is to be, um, you know, their their receiving threat out of the backfield. Last year, this offense threw the ball to running backs less often than any other offense in the entire NFL. And when they did throw the ball to running backs, they were the second worst offense in terms of the production out of those plays. So uh, that is a, an area in which they can definitely improve. So I think all of those things are interesting. And then, you know, you've got, Boston Scott and Trey Sermon, who are also guys who who have a little bit of upside too. So, uh, given like how how friendly the offense is for running backs, I think going with like volume at the position is probably a smart thing to do. Yep. Bo, I feel like I ask all of our guests this, but I but I'm, I am curious since we're on it, we haven't really with Nick Sirianni seen much of a st- screen game. Do you think we'll see any more of that, or will it just be? you know, dump offs or, or wheel routes or that kind of thing. Like, will that be incorporated at all in your estimation? Yeah, I think more than last year, but it's hard to say just how much. I mean, you know, some of the, the plays yesterday were, were screens to DeAndre Swift. And I think if you look at the Colts offense when he was there, 
you know, they did that plenty with Naheem Hines. So somewhere in, you know, Nick Sirianni's playbook, he has these plays. I, I do think that, you know, when it gets down to, you know, uh, we're, it, it's, it's a one score game. It's the third quarter. Like, are we going to call a screen or are we going to try to throw the ball to AJ Brown or Devonte right. Smith or Dallas Goddard? I think that stuff weighs out eventually, but I do think that that's a, um, a tool that they probably need to use a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, um, fill me in on the Nolan Smith hype. Yesterday, people were raving about him coming off the edge and, you know, how quick he is and things like that. Um, he dropped in a draft. Could he be better than, than we even anticipate? I mean, I know it's still early in training camp. It's a controlled environment. But from your perspective, could he be even better than we even anticipate? So, you know, I'm definitely – being a little bit patient you know, yep. for, for day one, because there are certain types of players where like, you know, when it's, when it's shorts and shells, you know, the pads are not on, there's no contact. These players should look good, right? Yeah. Like, you know, a, a scat back running back should, should look really fast. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, whose game is, is speed and is a little bit undersized for the position. He should look really good yesterday. Yeah. So he checked that box. That's nice, but that doesn't necessarily mean much, but uh, I'm curious to see, first of all, how you know how good he looks when the pads do come on, and and I think he's an interesting, and I think he's probably the the most interesting test of how creative Sean Desai is going to be, because if you like, you know, if you look at the structure of the defense, the easiest thing to do would be just he's he spells Hassan Reddick, right? You know, Hassan Reddick's on the field 75% of the time, and when he's not on the field, it's Nolan Smith, and they're playing the same role. But if you know if Sean Desai can get creative and get them both on the field. At the same time, and then all of a sudden, you know, the opposing offense doesn't know which one is coming, which one is dropping. Uh, maybe Hassan Reddick is is playing a little bit more as like a, a, a true d- defensive end, and Nolan Smith gets to be in space a little bit more. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna tell us a little bit about Sean Desai how he uses Nolan Smith. But I mean, in terms of uh, his personality and uh, everything you hear about the guy, it seems like he is mm-hmm. he is wired the right way. Um, you know, I, I, every time every time I get the notification on my phone that Brandon Graham is going live with his, uh, his Instagram videos for <laughs> the, the, uh, the rookies singing, you know, happened yesterday and it's supposed to be Jalen Carter. He's going up, I guess like the song wasn't working, the, the track wasn't working. So, so Nolan Smith just comes up, saves his buddy and he's singing acapella. It's like, this is, he's a, he's a, he's a dynamic personality. So um, yeah. I think, I think Eagles fans will probably come to like him, but we'll see exactly how productive he'll be. I, yeah, I noticed him uh, in the Eagles unscripted that they do on YouTube, which Derek and I were talking about a little earlier. It's very well yeah. done. He's breaking things down. He's he's mugging it up, and I don't mean in a bad way. But he's he's a fun loving guy. But you also see he's got that that swagger, that sort of it. You know, and again, he's got to be able to play. And there's the a, things, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I haven't I haven't sat down and had a long conversation with him, but just from from watching this stuff too, there seems like a, an earnestness to that personality right it's not yeah. just for show it's not just for cameras like that's who he right. really is no question all right you brought up uh Jalen Carter and saying you know look he's he had to work his way he's gonna have to work his way up do you anticipate by the time the season starts when it gets real uh that he is a starter that he is getting the bulk of the minutes there at that spot he and Fletch how do you how do you see that happening yeah I don't know exactly how it's going to play out I think there are there are certainly enough snaps to go around um you know I think Milton Williams is going to be very involved too and then I was actually a little bit curious to see and, and interested that, you know, when they opened up in an even man front for the first time yesterday, it was Jordan Davis next to Fletcher Cox. And so he was not playing just the nose. Maybe his role is expanding a little bit. But, um, you know, the thing about defensive tackles is 
and, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, like relative to other positions, it takes a while. Um, and it takes long. It's like defensive tackle and tight end are positions where you sort of have to wait till year two or year three. And uh, tight end is becoming a little bit less like that. But defensive tackle remains that way. Like the best players in the league, aside from Aaron Donald, you know, your Quinn and Williams is Dexter Lawrence. These guys, all of these guys, their numbers did not shoot up until like year three or year four. So right. if Jordan Davis or, or Jalen Carter is going to be great, we may not know right away. Um, that said, you know, you lost a lot of production from Javon Hargrave, right? And so you have to replace it somehow. And so the, the Eagles need Jalen Carter to be pretty good right away. And so I, I'm curious to see how the snap count is going to, you know, is going to go. Fletcher Cox is getting up there. He can't play, you know, 75% mm -hmm. of the snaps anymore. So Carter's going to have to play. Milton Williams is going to have to play. Jordan Davis is going to have to play. And then even after that, like, you know, uh, Kentavious Street or uh, Marlon Tui-Pelotu, those guys are going to need to be involved as well. Bo, how would you categorize what Nick Sirianni said about Cam Jurgens? He's our starting right guard for now. Yeah, I'm really interested about this because, you know, they've done we've, – we've had two camps under Nick Sirianni, and we've had yep. two different offensive line, quote-unquote, competitions, right? Two years ago, it was Jordan Mailata against Andre Dillard, and every single day they were switching back and forth. One guy got the day with the ones, one guy got the days with the twos, and then Dillard got hurt, Mailata ran away with the job, and, and the rest was history. Last year, we thought that, like, you know, Isaac Sayamala was going to have to battle Jack Driscoll for, for that right guard job. And it was Sayamala day one, and he was installed, and, and that was it. And that was history. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be uh, a rotation with these guys. I kind of think it's, uh, it's not Cam's job, but if it, it's his job to lose, right? And so if he struggles, then we're going to see some other guys get a shot. Or if, you know, if Tyler Steen is playing out of his mind in the in Jeff Stoutland's eyes, then then he'll get a shot, mm -hmm. too. But I, I think that it is like I think the Eagles would like for Cam Jurgens to just go out and steadily win the job and they don't have to worry about competition. But uh, it's interesting because they're they are certainly two different body types. You know, Cam Jurgens is a center by trade. He's a little bit undersized. Tyler Steen is a much more, uh, you know, Brandon Brooks build for the position. And I think there are, there are some ways in which that helps Jason Kelsey. Um, and then maybe there are some ways in which Jeff Stoutland can envision getting both Jurgens and Kelsey out in the open field. And that's an interesting thing for him. So mm. I'm curious to see how it goes. I think my, my guess right now is that, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's like 80% Jurgens job. Okay. But what are you thinking uh, in terms of what they want to see Jalen Hurts improve upon? Uh, we all know he had an incredible year, right? There's no doubt. But what it, what does he need to do to take it to the next level, take it to a higher level than he took it to last year? That's a good question. And, you know, I don't know what Nick Sirianni's answer for that is. Like, my answer is stay on the field. Yeah. Um, 17 games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And every time we ask Nick about this or Jalen about this, like, you know, you just signed the big contract. Are you, are you going to be a little bit more cautious about carrying the ball, running the ball so much? And, you know, Jalen said the thing yesterday, I'm, I'm embracing, you know, my uniqueness at the position, right? So he's not going to shy away from what makes him special. And that's great. Mm. And that's how he should feel, right? It's, it's the coaching staff's job to protect him, right? Yep. And it was interesting yesterday, day one of camp, what's the, the first thing we see is like we saw like four quarterback running plays, right? with both him and Marcus Mariota. Like there's an easy, you know, they're on the four yard line. It's a quarterback draw. Nobody touches him. It's an easy touchdown. That's, that's great. And you don't want to take away what makes him and the offense special, 
But, you know, from my vantage point, you know, it's it's week three. It's the third quarter. Like, do we need a called run here yeah. for Jalen Hurts? And, no. you're, and you're up you're up 17 points? Probably not, yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, I would like to see a little bit less of that, especially as part of the designed running game, right? You're not going to stop him from doing what's natural to him when he's rolling out of the pocket and, he, you know, he has room to escape. Um, in terms of everything else, like, you know, he's done a pretty good job of limiting turnovers. I think they'd like to, to keep that up. You know, he, he does take a, a fair amount of sacks. That's something that they could potentially uh, work with him on. But, you know, last year was like, you know, throw the ball over the middle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that was easy. Uh, you know, and A.J. Brown helped a lot with that. Um, you know, his his uh, his downfield passing was really good last year. Right. There's not a lot of little areas like that. I would imagine that the things that they're really worried about are are more to do with you know, we heard so much last summer about how this was the first time in like seven seasons for Jalen Hurts that he got to play with the uh, play caller for the second year in a row. Right. Well, now all of a sudden he's got a, a new play caller right. and, you know, he's got a great relationship with Brian Johnson. Those guys know each other very well. But I would imagine that the, the bigger focus is making sure that like he is, um, you know, understanding this offense and seeing things from the, the vantage point of this offense without really, you know, second thoughts. Oh, how do you see this third receiver spot playing itself out? Quez Watkins, I think, picked the wrong city to make that Twitter statement he made earlier this year about, you know, bleep everybody who doubts me. And then he bringing the kids that he is from the Falcons. How do you see it what, uh, is shaping up? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think when they signed Zacchaeus, I, I, I didn't think that um, they had done enough at the position. And I was a little bit surprised that they didn't do more at the position. Um, and it's a little bit like the running back conversation, in, in throwing to the running backs, where, um, you know, Quez Watkins, in terms of the routes that he ran, was targeted, like, less often than almost every receiver in the league, right? Because they, they everything flows through A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. But still, I think you need more out of that position. And, you know, you could you I, I'm willing to listen to the argument that like Quez's speed changes things and opens up space. Mm-hmm. And like there's a there's a it's part of the reason that, you know, Dallas Goddard gets so many yards after the catch because Quez is clearing the open field a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he needs to he needs to make more use of the targets that he does get. I mean, we all remember the, the drop in the Super Bowl and then they yeah. end up with three points there. And that's part of the reason they lose the game. Um, I think Zacchaeus is interesting. One thing that I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by, and this is easier said than done. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. if you could find a starting caliber outside receiver, everybody would want him. But, you know, one of the things that was sort of a secret weapon for the offense last year was putting Devontae Smith in the slot. He was like, when he was in the slot, he was like the second best receiver in the league uh, mm-hmm. after Justin Jefferson. He was mm-hmm. like super productive. And I thought that they would maybe, you know, lean into that a little bit more this year. And instead, they go out and get Zacchaeus, who's a slot receiver by trade, and they didn't add necessarily anybody else on the outside. Um, now, Quez could potentially do that, but um, I'm just I, I'm curious to see what happens. I think I think Quez is probably um, like the speed that he brings maybe matters more to the shape of things on offense. But but I'm willing to listen to the the possibility that that Zacchaeus is just a better player. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll ask you the same question. Um about the special teams have they given michael clay enough i I know that's not always the primary and you got to kind of figure it out and i'm I'm excluding jake elliott obviously but have they given him over the last two years has there been enough there and is this more of an indictment of him or a lack of talent that the special teams hasn't been great yeah i was surprised when i looked i looked at this last year um because the you know the special teams got significantly better 
as the season went on. And um, I, I looked at every other like team in the league that they're like top 10 players and snaps on special teams. And I was really, I mean, I, I thought that the Eagles special teams were young and I was surprised to learn that they were by far the youngest special teams unit in the league. And if you think about it, that makes sense, right? There are no uh, Chris Maragoses or Brian Brayman's on this team, right? These like, you know, veteran special teamers who are here just to do that. Pretty much all of the core special teamers are guys on their rookie contracts. The Kobe Dean, those guys. Right. You know, yeah. guys who are, you know, you hope are going to grow into you know, players on offense or defense at some point, but um, are, are rookie or second year or third year players. Like, you know, Patrick Johnson was like the, uh, is like one of the more veteran yeah. uh, guys and he's in his third year. Right. Right. Um, so I, I think that has a lot to do with what, how the special teams performs um, at the same time. It's hard for me to argue that that's like not how they should do it. Um, because if you are balancing where to allocate your resources, if you can get, you know, like the 20th best special teams while only playing rookies, that's probably good enough. If it means that you can, you know, infuse talent into the offense and on the defensive line. Um, like if the difference between, being able to sign Hassan Reddick or signing like a, a worse edge rusher is going light at special teams. That's probably worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do, I don't, I don't think that it is like um, Michael Clay has done a bad job with the special teams. I think he's, I think he's done pretty well with what he's been given. Mm-hmm. Um, we will see like, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll follow what happens with the punters. Um, so don't bring up punter. Don't bring up the punter. I'm no, happy the the S word. Is they it a real is it a real competition, Bo? In, in your estimation? Well, I think it's a real competition. I, I don't think that that they would waste a roster spot on uh, Zentner if it wasn't a real competition. But uh, you know, one day in, Sipos would look looked better. I would say. You know, um, when I look at the special teams playing, we see a lot of teams across the league do this, and it's very risky. A lot of them will play veteran players. You know, the short and, and you know, and I'm, I'm playing off of what you said about they like to utilize more of the younger players to fill out those. Sure, and, you know, Malcolm Jenkins used to play. Exactly. As a during, Andy yeah. Reed's, during Andy Reid's tenure, all of his veteran players played special teams, and that's why their special teams were so good. And, I, and, and as risky as it sounds, if, if Michael Clay wants to secure his status with this team, especially if it continues to be as mediocre as it was last year, he may have to give some, 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 some leeway to putting in his primetime players at key special team spots, wouldn't you think? Well, you know, my understanding is that would not be up to him, right? Like that's that's more of a Nick Sirianni conversation or a okay. Howie Roseman conversation. I'm sure that Michael Clay, you know, I'm sure he would have loved to have TJ Edwards as a core special teamer last year. Yeah. And I think there's a reason that he wasn't. And it wasn't because Michael Clay didn't want him. It was because the team didn't want to waste him there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, look, it's there is certainly a risk reward. Uh, that's for sure when it comes to that. Bo, quickly, and we'll let you get out of here. And we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. Um, how do you view the NFC East? Um, are you a believer that the Giants are are on the climb, or did they just kind of sneak up on people a little bit last year? As far as Dallas goes, some changes in terms of Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, Kellen Moore out, Schottenheimer in, and then Washington. You know, obviously the big story there is Eric Bieniemy, and not to mention the ownership. But how do you see the NFC East? Uh, not well. Um, really? Mm. Yeah. Now, I, Dallas scares me a little bit um, because I think they're still the most talented team and they've got, you know, the next best quarterback in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting rid of Kellen Moore and bringing in Brian Schottenheimer and like giving the keys to Mike McCarthy it just feels unserious to me and not something that's going to be designed to last. 
So I don't necessarily trust that. I mean, I, I think adding Brandon Cooks is a big deal to that offense. Mm-hmm. And I think their defense can be really, really good. You know, uh, there's nothing that Mike McCarthy can do to make Micah Parsons not awesome. So right. they would be the ones who scare me still the most. I think the Giants are in for a dose of reality. Um, I think they're a little bit, you know, too happy about a season that was like taking advantage of an easy schedule. They were not yeah. that good of a team. Yeah. You know, they got their doors blown off against the Eagles when it mattered. They give they go out and give Daniel Jones forty million dollars. Like again, feels a little bit unserious to me. Um, I, I think they're in for uh, a regression. And then Washington, you know. They're just biding time until until the owner can make his his real changes and hire a coach next offseason, right? Like, right. you know, Sam, we're gonna we're gonna pretend like Sam Howell is ready to to take over. Their defense could be interesting, but um, you know, I think the Eagles are due to regress in a lot of ways. But I think if you look at the division, they should be feeling pretty good. Okay. All right. Well, right, listen, uh, yeah, appreciate you uh, you hopping on and uh, keep up the good work at the athletic. And again, you you can follow Bo at Bo underscore Wolf, and you can follow him uh, at the athletic PHI. And also tell folks about the podcast with your, yourself and, uh, and Zach. Yeah. Birds with friends, uh, wherever you follow podcasts, you can watch us on YouTube as well with Zach. We are live uh, yeah. every day. There's a practice. Uh, usually at around on around three thirty. So, so you'll be back at it tomorrow. Love it. Love back it. it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bo. Thanks, man. I'll, always appreciate, appreciate you your time. Thank you very thanks, much, guys. All right, All right take, take care. care. That is Bo Wolf from the Athletic. All right, Gunner. Good stuff there. I have it. Have the answer on the NFC East. Yeah, he is not yeah. bullish. Uh, bullish on anybody other than really the Eagles. It sounds like he's the first one that basically said that. You yeah. know, um, which is a little surprising, but I like that perspective. You know, it gives you both perspectives. And, you know, you can't argue against this perspective because when you look at the other three, the other three teams, huge question marks. The, the the Eagles are the only team in the division you don't have a multitude of question marks. The other th- three teams are like a daytime soap opera. You know, there's so many moving parts and so many question marks. You know, can, can Brian Daybolt? do it again with Daniel Jones, what he did last year with a much tougher schedule. And, and a weird thing. And we'll talk to Jordan Raynana too, but it, yeah. the, the Saquon stuff is strange. It's man. weird. You know, yeah, weird. Yeah. Weird. you know, and they've been doling out a lot of money with the giants. I can't wait to talk to Jordan about this, but Saquon didn't get the big money. Like some of the other players on that team have gotten Mike McCarthy calling plays, you know, new OC down in Dallas. What does Brandon Cooks add to this offense? Are they going to stretch the field more? What is that offense going to look like without Ezekiel Elliott pounding it between the tackles? And then who is Sam Howell? You know, right. is the right. enemy the right guy to change the complexion of that offense with a no-name quarterback? Yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's so many great. That's why that's why I said yesterday, Rob. Mm-hmm. Not just the division, but across the league, there's so many incredible storylines this year. Yeah, like I've never seen before. I, you know, now that Justin Herbert's got that big money, there's more pressure on him than ever. Sure. Sean Payton is basically saying, it's my way or the highway in Denver. We're going to get into that in the football segment. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson got his money. Can he stay healthy? You know, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. You know, can Kansas City come close to repeating as champion something that hasn't been done in like 15 years? Yeah. I mean, it, it's – man, the storylines are incredible across the board. And I, I'm, I'm See, I'm excited about the season, Rob. Well, I'm looking past all this training camp stuff, man. <laughs> oh, listen, I hear you. Uh, but here, here's the thing for me. I want to go back to Dallas for one minute. Yeah. It has a very Sixers feel to it. Here's what I mean. True. They're almost always good in the regular season. There's always drama. Yeah. There are superstars. But you feel like in the end, when it's really nut-cutting time, so to speak, 
yep. that they come up small. And I don't know that Mike McCarthy taking over play calling solves that. It, you know, in fact, I think it, it, it may even set you back further. And and I don't know that Dak is equipped in those situations either. That That's the thing about Dallas. Like, are they going to be tough? Have they played the Eagles very well? Yeah, no doubt. All those kind of things. But when they get to the postseason, it just feels like something comes over them and they're not yes. the same team. Yes. I couldn't agree more. They're like, they're like the LA chargers. Yeah. So to speak. You know, you have yeah. the talent to do great things and you always fall short of your destination. I do think the addition of Brandon cooks and Stefan Gilmore are going to be tremendous for that team. You right. know, um, and let's face it, Dallas always gives the Eagles fits. Dak Prescott gives the Eagles fits. Mm-hmm. They both have tough schedules. Who, who can stay the healthiest? You know, um, I, I can't wait to see it, Rob. But you're right. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, the house of Jerry Jones always finds a way to crumble mm-hmm. when it counts the most. Yep. Hey, uh, Buda Baker has received a raise prior to camp. He's getting $2.4 million in bonuses and incentives this year, including a three hundred grand signing bonus. He'll also receive a raise for next season. So He ain't going uh, anywhere. No, they did some tweaks there to, to – to make him happy. And the last thing they need is any more turnover on that. team. Let's face it. So they they keep a good one. Uh, So he's going to, he's, he'll be happy. So there you go, but we'll pass along anything we get uh, throughout the course of the show. Uh, That's for sure. So again, two o'clock, Jordan Ray, nine, one 30, Derek, we'll do our NFL segment that we usually do it too. Yeah. The team that we will do today uh, is the Ravens. Yes. And I will say this in, in doing our, the other Raven research, they have some ridiculously good players for a team that hasn't been around, you know, all that long. It's I, I will add this outside of a few key players. Yeah. If you look at the players that we, 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 we um, looked at in terms of the best players, some of the best players in history, of the organization, they weren't players that stayed there nine, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. They were there like three, four years gone. And then the next way, three, four years gone. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, like some of these other teams, you know, these players were there 9, 10, 12 years, played their entire – now, they've had a few, you know, like obviously a Ray Lewis that stayed there for the duration of their careers, but a lot of them weren't like that. Right. Right. Rod Woodson's an example of, you exactly. know, who bounced around. It's funny. You could put Rod Woodson on like maybe three different teams three, oh my goodness. <laughs> for what we're doing here. You know, obviously Pittsburgh and the Ravens, you know, maybe the Raiders or whatever, but yeah. So that's uh well all right so we'll get, that'll be our team that we uh we dive into today but there's a lot of NFL news and I'm telling you the stuff that Sean Payton said uh regarding last year with Denver is uh flammable to say the least so we'll get into that oh um, nice nice uh nice comeback from by Robert Sala uh just came down he took the high road I'll give him credit okay. for that so okay. Robert Sala had a response to uh Sean Payton's comment Okay. All right. So we'll do all that when we get back, uh, including uh, some Phillies as they win last night as well. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust, knowing you have somebody that you can trust, that you can put your faith in, who will help you to, you know, when it comes to your money, you work hard enough, you know, you, you want to be able to be taken care of later in life. And Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are the people that you should entrust. All right. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610 610- 
You can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Welcome back. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the like buttons if you could, my friends. All right, so the Eagles will unveil their Kelly Green alternate uniforms on July 31st. July 31st, Derek, which I believe is Monday. That will be a uh, that will be taking place. You'll finally get a chance to see them. I know how excited you are. Calm down. All right, calm down. But you'll get it July 31st. There you I go. know that's a Philadelphia staple tradition, but you know my, you, I'm on record. I'm not a big fan of the Kelly Green. I love their current uniforms. You know, yeah, um, me too. 
Me too. Everybody has the alternate uniform, and I get it, and I understand the passion behind it. Um, I get that, you know. But I, I, if you if you push me in that, which one? That black with the green and white trim, to me, pops much better than the old Kelly green. I'm sorry, <laughs> traditionalist out there. That's just my perspective, okay? They generally, and I remember, I didn't love the blue and yellow or whatever that was, but they yeah. generally do things right when it comes to this stuff. So, yes. I'm gonna curious what it looks like. They gave a little teaser out uh, on you know PhiladelphiaEagles.com on their on their Twitter account, yeah, Eagles.com, of what it's gonna look like. So you got a, you got a little taste if you want to check it out um, to get an idea, get a sense of what it's gonna be. But July 31st is when we will know one way or the other. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, mentioned Phillies win six four last night, Derek, uh, over the Orioles. You know, it was a game where. They they got we just feel like this is like a common refrain here, but they got contributions from a lot of different people. Jake Cave makes yeah. an unbelievable catch. Yeah. He also has a couple of hits, an RBI, a run scored. Uh, Edmundo Sosa's opposite field home run ends up being the game winner for them. Here's where I, I ripped Rob Thompson the other day, and I will give him credit here because I I always keep it real and keep it fair here. I thought he did a very good job last night. Um, I thought especially what he did with the bullpen. So if you didn't see the game, um, he used Kimbrell in the eighth against the heart of the Orioles order. Yep. And Kimbrell set them down one, two, three, and then he had Soto close it out. Yep. So he went high leverage with Kimbrell and it worked out like a, a butte. So the seventh was Sir Anthony. Yep. And then it was Kimbrell. You look, you look pretty good, by yeah, the way. It's great getting a, that option back, man. That's big. Um, I thought he did a really good job there. He decides to go with Cave in left field, and that obviously paid huge dividends uh, for him. So props to uh, to the manager uh, who who had a good game last night, I thought. Uh, and, and let's face it, Soto is that flamethrower on the back end. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I know Kimbrell has been outstanding in, in closing situations. He was, what, 16 for 16 at one point. You know, but I like the versatility. You know, you don't have to just rely on one guy to come in and close it all the time for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they ever get Alvarado back, that just deepens it. If they can get Alvarado back, then they don't have to worry about pitching. Um, if they can get them back and stay healthy, that's the key. Yeah, um, that will be right. That is the key. Yeah. yeah. And then you start looking, okay, maybe another bat in the lineup. But, you know, like we discussed yesterday, if you bring another bat into the lineup, it's going to affect somebody who we've watched up to this point, who we expect to be uh, a, a, a mainstay going down the stretch. I mean, it's nice to have that kind of depth and versatility, but when you're a hitter and it's you're already struggling, but every other day or every thir third day you could be out of the lineup instead of working your way out and hitting, how, how productive is that going to be? Especially if the front end of this lineup doesn't start hitting. Man, we're, we're approaching August, and they still haven't turned it on yet. That's the thing. Like, you, certainly, you'll take the win. And they got two out of three against, uh, you know, the second best team in baseball. So that's great. That's all positive. But here's the thing, Derek. You know, Thompson sits Turner yesterday. Yep. Right? Um, he, which ends up working, by the way, because Sosa's at short and has a home run and, you know, et cetera. Um, you're still getting nothing out of Schwarber, no. who had another bad game. You're getting very – although Real Muto contributed last night. He had a big double. But you haven't gotten much out of him in general. Like, I'm looking at the numbers here. So, Schwarber's down to 182. Okay? And falling. And falling with 134 strikeouts. Turner's at 245 with a 297 on base percentage and 12 errors. 
Real Muto's at 245 with a 303 on base percentage. Um, you know, those guys aren't going anywhere. As much nope. as people are, are reveling in the fact that he sat down Turner last night, Turner's going to be starting tomorrow night, and he's not going anywhere. Schwarber's not going to go anywhere as a DH, and, and neither is Real Muto. If they don't start playing better, it won't matter what Sosa or Cave are doing. They're not – Phillies are not going to have success. Those guys have to be better. When you think – Rob, just think about the money that's committed to Schwarber – Turner, Castiano, Harper. Yep. Just think about that. Yeah. I would be hard-pressed, and I don't know the numbers. I haven't looked across the board to find too many other teams that can equal the money value invested in their top four hitters. And the top four hitters in this lineup have not been as productive as they should. We've talked about the Bones, the Stotts, the Marshes, the Caves, the Solstice, who have been carrying this team for the most part. Let's face it, especially the last month of this season. It's been those names that have been carrying this team. Yes, you know, and you've got you've got to find a way. Well, not not a, us, but and, and it's not Rob Thompson. No, it's not the hitting coach. You know, it's those individuals. You were paid that kind of money because of your previous success, and you're expected to do certain things, and it's not happening for not one, not two, not three, but four top hitters. You know, and these are top hitters in, in, in various categories, home yeah. run, average, you know, on base percentage, doubles, triples. They're not carrying the load like they should. No, not even close. Not even close. Now, good news. Back to back starts at first base for Harper. Looks yes. like we're inching closer to that where he's going to yep. be playing first. So that's good. Uh, but here's a question I have, Derek, as, as we're we're now four, five out from the trade deadline. Uh, ha, has anything changed for you in terms of what you would target, in terms of what you would go, based off of the patterns that we've seen lately with the team? If, if they can get, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, if they can get Alvarado back to what he was, then I would have to say, to me, to me it's another arm in the bullpen. Okay. Especially if you're going to combat the likes of Atlanta, uh, even the Miamis. Dodgers, San Fran, Arizona, when it comes down to crunch time, late September, October, you can't have enough arms coming out of the bullpen to, 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 to handcuff some of these teams. But if this can, continues with the hitting, the inconsistency in the front four, and relying on the, the lesser guys, in term, when I say lesser guys, I'm talking about financially in the back of the order, you may have to seriously start looking at it, another bat in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, you might. Um, I, I was looking at the, what – over the last 10 games, what all the teams in the wild, but Phillies are number two now in the wild card. They're basically okay. tied with the Reds. <clears throat> They're a half game behind San Francisco, but nobody's really playing well at the top. Like the Giants have won four of 10. Uh, Phillies are five and five last mm-hmm. 10. Reds are six and four. Marlins mm-hmm. are two and eight. Diamondbacks are three and seven. Yep. So nobody right now is, is gaining any kind of traction. So the yeah. Phillies, have an opportunity here, Derek, with Pittsburgh on deck uh, yep. tomorrow. They go Pittsburgh again, two out of three are sweep. Um, they do have they do have to go to Miami, which is going to be really tough for four games, no doubt. Yep. But after that, home Kansas City, home Washington. I know the Twins are right there, you know, at the top of that division. Yep. But the Twins aren't very good. Yes. They're home too. You have really a favorable schedule, with excluding at Miami coming up. So you no, should be able to do some things here. No question about that. You should be able to make some significant gains in, in the um, in the wild card standings with that that lineup coming up. But 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 again, Rob, because of the way this team has played, I'm not I'm not taking anything for granted. 
You know, you're right. You couldn't ask for a better a better series of game coming up to to work on some of your your deficiencies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The one thing we know they're going to do is they're going to continue to be aggressive on the base pass. We know that no matter what, which is which is huge. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be conti- consi- consistently one for nine, two for twelve, and with runners in scoring position, it means nothing. It means absolutely yep, right. nothing. Yep. <laughs> if the front of your order is still going to go one for four, you know, one for five, zero oh for three, zero oh for four, what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing here? Yeah. You're basically playing down to the level of the people that you're trying to stay right. ahead of in a wild card scenario. You know. Yeah, you're right. You are. Now, you are here, correct. Here's another one with with the with the the, the uh, Phillies playing the Pirates this weekend. You've got the Brewers playing down in Atlanta this weekend, and you've got the Reds on the road playing at the Dodgers. Okay, so either way, that that bodes well for you in terms of moving up. <clears throat> in their wild card positioning, depending on what happens in those series. Right. Now we're saying, man, they got they got the Pirates coming up. You know, the Pirates started out the season like game busters. Now they're exactly where we thought they would be, last in their division. But you're playing them in Pittsburgh, right? And I fully expect you to go there and do some, do some damage there. I don't trust this team, Rob. I don't I trust know. anything about this team right now. I don't blame you. Look, I, I, I seriously, <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I nor should you. Um, all right, let me hit you with a with a couple of things here, Derek. Just just to jump back to the uh, to the NFL here for a second. Um, so the a couple things: candidates for the for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, only one of these can advance to the final ballot. So this is coach contributor. Okay. okay. Tom Coughlin. Okay. Mike Holmgren. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's a tough class here. Wow. Uh, Bucko Kilroy. Robert Kraft, uh, Buddy Parker, Dan Reeves, Art Rooney Jr., Marty Schottenheimer, Mike Shanahan, Clark Shaughnessy, Lloyd Wells, and John Wooten. Damn. Only one. I would just say on the surface, I would have to lean towards Robert Kraft. First of all, I'm surprised he's not in yet. I am too. I'm surprised um, at a couple of these guys. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised Holmgren's not in. Yep. I'm surprised Coughlin's not in. Yeah. But if, if I had to pick one as a front runner, it would definitely be um, Robert Kraft for the body of work that his organization put together over a span of more than a decade. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see that again in the National Football League because of the parity uh, across the board. But I think if anybody deserves to get in, and, and I'm they all deserve to be in, but I'm saying when you stack one against the other right now, I think Robert Kraft is the front runner. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me give you the senior players Three of these guys can get in, up okay. to three. Ken Anderson, <clears throat> Maxi Bon, Wow, Roger Craig, uh, Randy Gratishire, Joe Jacoby, Albert Lewis, Steve McMichael, Ed, yeah, Eddie Metter, Art Powell, Sterling Sharp, Otis Taylor, Al Wistert. That's tough. There's some older guys. You know, I know Al Wistert was a great eagle. I, I, you know, I don't. I didn't see him. It's hard for me to really have a, you know, strong opinion on him. Um, Roger Craig, I think, has a shot. I, I would really like to see Sterling Sharp get a shot. I don't think Sterling will get in yeah. because of his limited body of work. You know, for, for those who never got to see Sterling Sharp play in his day, he was definitely one of the best pass catchers in the National Football League. Um, and Brett Favre made him a household name back in his day. But unfortunately, because of his neck injury, 
Um, he cut his career short to like seven or eight years. And I don't know if he'll ever get in because of that. Uh, definitely deserving. If he had played 11, 12, 13 years in the National Football League, there's no doubt in my mind he would be a, a Hall of Famer. Would have been in probably by now. Agreed. Um, some of the other candidates, wow, man, that's a tough one, dude. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can't even begin to speculate. Kenny Houston. I think Kenny Houston is, is one that's forgotten that should get better notoriety than he does. Kenny Houston was a phenomenal football player in his day. Unfortunately, you know, he didn't play on many great teams. You know, and, you know, you look at his numbers and we talked about Kenny Houston and as uh, one of the great players that we looked at uh, when we looked at team, you know, his numbers were right there with the best of the best. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, he's still out there. And and again, unless he gets in by a special committee vote somehow, so much, I don't think he's going to get in as well. I know. Uh, All right. I wanted to pass this along to you, too. We'll get a little bit more into this in a second, but. We mentioned the pay cut that Aaron Rodgers took. Um, right. So he's going to get $35 million to sign the, yeah. the new deal. His base will only be 1.839 for the 23 season. This is where it gives the Jets some flexibility, right? Yeah. Uh, it'll be 38.1 for 24. All guaranteed, no trade, no tag provisions. You know, they weren't going to be tagging him and all that stuff anyway. But that's that's the way it breaks down. Um the team will also have the option, according to Albert Breer, in 2024 to convert 35 of that 38 into a bonus, mm. which would prorate over – you know, to put those dummy years in there, drop right. his base to 3.1. So, I mean, like, you know, there there's a lot that they can do here with, with him having that low of a base salary. Aaron, Aaron realizes not only has he found his holy grail in terms of an abundance of talent – but he, he's got two, three good years still where he could really get another ring if he wanted to. The way that Jets organization has built that team. You look at the young nucleus he has. You look at he brought in one of his guys for the next two to three years and Alan Lazard, big body receiver who can go up and get it. Um, good running back core, good defensive personnel, young personnel that's going to be there a while. Uh, smart, smart move on Aaron's part in terms of enhancing his legacy Aaron Rodgers by doing this tells you it's not about the money he made all the money you want to make from Green Bay you know he got one ring from Green Bay and I'm sure he wants another one to 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 add to his legacy as a football player so kudos for him for doing that you know Aaron Rodgers has been viewed as a very selfish player a diva for a lot of reasons Um, and now he's trying to show the other side in terms of I'm showing you I'm the consummate team player He's in a great situation. It's not like he was traded to Houston or somewhere. He's traded to a team that could very, very well contend for a Super Bowl over the next three years if he decides to play more than 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 two years. Yeah, I, I think that he also views Derek. I think Tom Brady as a big time contemporary of his. Clearly, uh, yeah. And I think he sees what Brady did when he went to Tampa, getting yeah. one there, which sort of separated. Now Brady's thing sort of separated him from Belichick. I, I don't think. I don't think Rogers is looking to separate himself from McCarthy or uh, uh, LaFleur. I think he just wanted right. to separate himself from green Bay yep. and say, look, I can do it elsewhere. Uh, you know, and, and yes, for all the other stuff that's gone down where we're talking about, you know, who he's dating or his, his darkness retreats and all that other stuff. I think this, this shows like I am still a football player. I do think of others besides me. 
and I want to show everybody that I can do it on my own too. I, I think all that stuff is in play. Not only that, Rob, there's a part of me that believes Aaron took this pay cut because they're going to sign Dalvin Cook. He's Dalvin visiting. Cook is going to get some money. Dalvin Cook is going to get money he wants. And Aaron Rodgers says, if you had Dalvin Cook with Brees Hall, with what we already have here? Yeah. And as many times as he's played against Dalvin Cook in the, AF, in the NFC North? Yep. Get get Dalvin Cook in here right now. I'll take that pay cut. Get, yeah. get him in here. You add Dalvin Cook to that arsenal? My goodness. Well, I I, I can't help but thinking, like, this is the first step to that, right? Yes. I mean, you get yes. his number down, and then, boom, you can operate that way. Dalvin Cook wants more money. Uh, Jets basically didn't have the money at the time. All of a sudden, they have the money now. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, from a perspective of all the potential candidates, man, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Garrett Wilson, you got a top five defense, and a young kid, Brees Hall, who can help take some of the punishment off me as well. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Now, hey, look, if you can meet my money demands, I can't wait to see. I believe I believe it's going to happen within the next day. I think yeah. it's going to happen. And I think Cook, you know, I don't know exactly what the, what the terms of this thing is going to be, but like I, he's going to have to probably take a little bit of a bet on himself and he goes out there and crushes. But, I, you know, in saying that, I don't even know what that means anymore with running backs. Like, all right, let's say he signs up for three, four million. Let's say three. Yeah. Okay. And, and he has a great year. I, I don't know even how much more he's going to get the following year with the way this market is. I don't know. But anyway, I think I can, I could definitely see a pathway to that being their, you know, the way that they go yes. for sure. All right, let's uh, let's sneak one in. We're going to come back with our NFL segment. Remember, two o'clock. Jordan Raynon will join us from uh, from Giants camp, but uh, we'll we'll get to the Peyton stuff, the Sean Peyton stuff, when we come back. Because you want to hear this? Because he uh, he pulls no oh. punches. Oh, oh. no he's punches. Throwing grenades. He's yeah. throwing grenades. Uh, he's, he, it's on. Uh, so we'll get into that when we come back. Among a lot of other stuff, he's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Yeah, Pro Action Restoration is the place that you turn to. If your home, your business, your property uh, goes through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it across the board. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week, which is critical because let's face it, you know, emergencies around the house don't always happen from nine to five. They happen at any time, holidays, weekends, nights, all those kind of things. I know I went through it at my parents' house on a Saturday and it was like, oh boy, is anybody going to be able to get out here? And they were, they got right out there. They cleaned it up. They fixed the problem. The price was right. The crew was great. I mean, every box checked. They're licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online. At ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. Back. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. Hanging out with you on this Thursday. Hope you're doing well out there, folks. I appreciate it. If you could hit the like button, thank you. Uh, all right. Let's start with it. Let's go Sean Payton here. Uh, we know last year in Denver, right? It was the first year of Russell Wilson. We know it was the, it was the, the first year of Nathaniel Hackett who went over there. Uh, a lot of people thought... Hackett was going there and he was going to try and bring um, Aaron Rodgers with him. That didn't happen, but they did trade for Russell Wilson. Anyway, at least from an offensive perspective, it was a total, total disaster. I mean, they were awful. They were, they were just bad on every possible level. So Sean Payton, who is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. I mean, remember Hackett didn't even make it through the year, Derek. He was relieved of his duties before the season was even over. Um, So Sean Payton is now the head coach there. And he sat down with uh, with USA Today, yep. Jared Bell, and said uh, it was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. He said the amount of pre-snap penalties that they had, the inability to get a play in until the la- absolute last second. You know, he, he went on and on and on, just taking it apart. Um, and he said, you know, basically, um, y- you can't blame the kids. You got to the parents That's right. what it looks like meaning they let 
you know, Russell Wilson and a lot of guys do whatever they want. Um, he also said, oh, man, there's so much dirt around that. And talking about the bad play, uh, he said there's 20 dirty hands Yep. for what was allowed tolerated in the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett. Uh, a lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. <clears throat> he didn't just he still has it. This is BS that he hit a wall. Shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Wasn't his fault, his being Russell Wilson. This was the parents who had allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach. The GM, who's still there, by by the way, George Patton. The president and everybody else who watched it happen. Now, a quarterback having an office and a plane to watch film is normal, but all those things magnified when you're losing and all the other stuff, I've never heard of it. We're not doing that. He said, in fact, we're doing the opposite of what they did last year. So he he also, now here's where he starts getting other folks. He said, quote, we're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch hard, all of it. I can see it coming. I remember when former Washington owner Dan Snyder put together the dream team. I was at the Giants in 2000. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Deion Sanders is there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So listen, that just put the work in. Whoa. All right. All right. Is, is he lying? Everything he said is true about what happened last year. Russell Wilson not only had his own room to watch film, he had his own personal masseuse on the site. He had his own quarterback coach. You know how disruptive that is? You got Multiple coach- lockers. Yeah. Multiple lockers, yep. You, you know, you got you got a quarterback coach hired to tell your quarterback one thing, but he has his own personal quarterback coach telling him something else. So who is he listening to? Right. Okay. Um, the culture there was horrendous. They haven't had a winning campaign since, what, 2016? Mm-hmm. The talent they have on that roster, they should not win less than nine games. Right. They should not have won less than nine games. Look at how close they were in a lot of games last year. They had the worst scoring offense. Look at the weapons they had. The worst scoring offense in the National Football League, 16.9 points per game. Russell Wilson had his worst game statistically in his career Mm -hmm. in terms of touchdown passes and QB rating. For a quarterback who signed a $245 million contract, for a quarterback who will be a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't fall off the table like that. I don't care where you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen, so – not coincidentally, the team that he brought up, the Jets, is where Nathaniel Hackett is now. Yep. He's the offensive coordinator. So Robert Sala, of course, was asked about it today. Yes. Woo! The king of the receipts. <laughs> so um, he said, uh, quote, Peyton can say whatever the hell he wants. Um, I, I kind of live by a saying, if you ain't got no haters, right. you ain't popping. That's so right. hate, hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play you until week four uh, that week, one week now all of a sudden that that uh or sorry week five all of a sudden that one is just circled in a big red marker now too when those you two imagine plays. the hype for that game yeah you imagine that's going to be a prime time game what time do they play that game uh i'm pulling it up right now so all right week five between denver and the jets is at denver at 425 oh yes Whatever network has that game, that CBS. Yeah, CBS game. is doing backflips right now. You, Nance and Romo are on that are on that game now. Woo. Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. Yeah. That was headliners enough. Yep. 
But now this jaw jacking stuff Sean Payton put out there and Robert Sala responded, neither one is afraid to speak their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert Sala came out like last year before they did anything talking about we're taking receipts. Like, what? Taking receipts? Oh, okay. I, I like this. I, you know, see, Sean Payton is old school Bill Parcells. He learned under the best in terms of no-nonsense coaches, and his record speaks for itself what he was able to do down in New Orleans. Even, don't, don't even – don't even talk about he only won one Super Bowl. Look at the culture they had down in New Orleans. Sean Payton had everybody in line in New Orleans. Sean Payton has basically sent the message across the bow. You're either going to do it my way or you got to find another team to play for. You know, I'm not coming in here with this. Man. The Camelot, the Paradise Island Camelot is over in Denver. Well, I, and now the other part of it is Russell Wilson better back this up. Yeah, Peyton clearly has Ooh. his back, right? I mean, Peyton is going out of his way to kill everybody but Russell Wilson. Here's my other reaction to this, Derek. If you're the the GM is still in place in Denver, is there a little part of you that's like, yo, man, you know, I hired you. But that also tells you what kind of juice Peyton Look, has. He's got, he's got serious juice. When you bring in Sean Peyton, when you pay Sean Peyton $18 million per season – Sean Payton can say what he wants to say, and everybody else be you know what. Sean Payton can say what his his re- track record is spoken for itself. And I, let me let me tell you something. Do you think the GM is going to buck one way or the other, considering how embarrassed they were last year? You fired a coach halfway through the season. You haven't had a winning entity since 2016. This is a team that historically has eight Super Bowls. They've been in in its credit. Right. They haven't come close to that in in, in what a decade. What? Yeah, it's been since, you know, Peyton Manning, right? If you want to win, you want to win, suck it up, take your your blows, and move forward. Because whatever Sean Payton said, he ain't lying. No, he's – let let, let, let me reiterate. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. True. (laughs) Record showed it. It's true. If this is like this is in, like Buddy Ryan stuff. I love it, man. You can't get plays in. You got an offense that that should have accidentally scored twenty five points a game, scoring seventeen a game. Huh. You, you're losing all these close games. You, you know, there's nothing he said that's a lie. He hasn't. He didn't embellish anything. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you as an organization, you know, Sean Payton wears his emotions on his sleeve. You've talked to enough people about Sean Payton. Hey, look, you hire him. Number one, he's a great coach. But number two, he ain't going to pull any punches. Not biting his tongue. Yeah, you know that going. You, you know better know it. If you didn't you know, know it, shame on you. Yeah. Yep. You know what yeah. you get. And after the culture that you had last year, are you really going to uh, uh, get sensitive about what Sean Payton says? You want to win. The bottom line is you want to win. Yep. Okay. And if Sean Payton turns this thing around in a a – from top to bottom, a conference where anybody at any given moment can emerge as the number one team. I've never seen an entire conference where you're talking about 10 or 12 teams that could emerge as the number one team out of that conference for a Super Bowl mm-hmm. if things fall into place. If other key players from other teams get entered, i.e. quarterbacks. If a number of quarterbacks go down with certain teams, all of a sudden, you're st- all of a sudden your, st- your status elevates. I've never seen a conference this stacked like like the AFC right now. Yeah, it's loaded. It is. You're right about that. All right. So that one, that was whew, interesting. Uh, this one's also going to be interesting. Look, I, I expect this kind of stuff that from Jim Irsay, frankly, because I think he's a loose cannon and, and, and a knucklehead. 
so he put he basically poo pooed running backs wanting more money and and you know the the meetings that they all had and all that kind of stuff. He basically right. just yeah, it's nonsense. This is what we bargained and blah blah blah. But the problem is, you know, he's got a guy himself and Jonathan Taylor who's been one yes. hell of a back since he got there from the yes. second he got there, who's who wants to get more money, who's due yes. you know for for a raise soon. Is this really the way you want to handle it? I mean, to me, it's like sit this one out. You don't need to say anything about it. I couldn't agree with you more. What he said is true. This is the agreement, collective bargaining agreement we agree to. We're not going to just alter it now. You know why? Because it favors the owners more so than a player. But when you have a a franchise player like a Jonathan Taylor, you don't say anything. You 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 don't speak publicly about it because you're rubbing salt in the wounds. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I want out. After the season, I'm going to give you my all this season. I want to bounce back and and, and lead the league. My goal is to lead the lead in rushing like I did a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I don't want to play for this man. Yeah, That's the way you feel about us in general, that we're just an afterthought compared to all the other positions? Let me go. There's a whole bunch of teams out there I would rather play for than this wacky organization that you own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just – Again, this is very par for the course from this guy, but the timing of it to me <clears throat> is strange. And, and and again, I don't know what his – who was it, Chris Ballard, whoever his GM is. I, I don't know that that guy can even say anything to him at this point, but I'm like, boss, chill, man. You know, we got, got a little situation here. I don't uh, think anybody says anything that Jim – Yeah, has- I don't think so. Uh, yeah, and if it does, you're probably – if they do, they're probably gone real soon. He's that yeah, kind of guy. Yeah. Um, the uh, the cowboy safety Donovan Wilson. This is a little significant, Gunner. Yeah, calf injury could miss week one. Yeah, six weeks. Not good for not good for the Cowboys because Donovan Wilson is one of the best safeties um, in the National Football League. Heads up player. And when you come out of the gate, Dallas comes out of the gate. You got to play the Giants and the Jets in back to back weeks. Um, that's a tough spot for them to be in. Yeah, it really is. But you know. We're only a couple of days in the training camp, and look at how many players we already see carted off, limping off. Prime example, just a short while ago while we were talking to uh, Bo, you know, I saw that Garrett Wilson just hopped off the field, ankle injury. He hopped to the locker room. I mean, right, right. these things happen, you know. Uh, you hope you can minimize the, the, the injuries that you have, mm-hmm. um, especially early in training camp until your body gets that football hardened. You know what I mean? When yeah. your body gets used to the shock. You're using muscles you haven't used in yeah. a while or, or, or yeah. you know, joints and tendons that haven't been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's only look, you can work out all you want, but you know, when you start playing a sport, you're, you're making cuts and you're doing, you're doing weird things with your body that you're yes. not doing in a workout. And it's just, it's just the way it is. And yeah, it's uh that could be, that could be a problem for the Cowboys. All right. Stefan Diggs. You know, we know he had a he was unhappy to some degree or something was going on with him during OTAs, but he's been a full participant so far with the Bills and he met with the media. And uh, the question was the one of the original questions posed to him Wednesday was, did he want more targets? And he and he said, quote, yeah, that's insane for me to to want more to more say in this offense. It's crazy because I play receiver. I don't care what play is called. I can't get caught up in that and say, call this. It's a lot of outlandish, obvious things where people are throwing things out there or people were saying things as far as my role. I've been a captain on this team for three years. There's no question about my role, who I am as a player, how hard I work. Those things never had question marks. And you can say the same thing for a lot of people in the league. 
anyway, you get the gist. He's, he's claiming he didn't, this wasn't about him wanting more touches is what he's saying. Um, great receivers want the ball. Great Man. running backs want the ball. There's nothing wrong with that. Long as you don't make it about me and keep it we. Um, there's nothing wrong with his honesty about he wants more balls. I understand that. You know, yeah. Yeah. you want to be a play. If you want to, if you're a playmaker, playmakers want the ball in their hands. Um, how they've handled it to this point, everything seems to be back to normal with them. Everybody seems to be appeased in terms of how it was handled. Let's see how it plays itself out during the season. What you say now has no bearing on how it plays out because they're going to be games. Just like with any team, if an offense finds the running game is working better than a passing game, especially if they have a lead and you're controlling the clock, guess what? The pass catchers aren't getting the ball. Yeah. If you have a matchup, if he's being doubled and you got a matchup, you got one-on-one isolated with uh, – what's his name, Gabe? Um, the other Davis. 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 Yep. And he's getting – you know what? That's part of the team play. Mm-hmm. You know, But if you start making it about you, then obviously what you're saying today was a lie. Good point. Good point. Yeah, mark it down and and, and circle it because let's see what happens. You know, as, as we get into the real stuff, that's a good, that's a very very good point. All right, uh, Kyle Shanahan spoke to Michael Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle about Sam Darnold. Have you yeah. seen this? I I looked at it quickly. I didn't really look in depth at it. All right. So he said, "quote I mean, Steve Young took a while to get going." True. And he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I don't like to compare anyone to Steve because of how good he is, but why can't Sam be like that? He's got that type of ability. He is that type of person. I'm just pumped that we can get a talented guy like him here. Okay. okay. Like I get the comp that Darnold's five years in and he hasn't shown you anything and all that, but Steve Young was behind Montana. Mm-hmm. Steve Young was in the USFL where he crushed it. He started his career in Tampa with garbage around him. Yep. I, I don't know that this is a fair comp here with, with, with Steve Young. Steve Young always had that ability, in my opinion. I, I don't think he's directly uh, copying it to Steve Young, but here's what I will say. After watching what all these no-name quarterbacks did in, in Shanahan's offense last year, I do believe that he can resurrect Sam Darnold's career in this offense, in this style of offense, and make him a better quarterback than he's ever been in the National Football League. Yeah. But – he's only going to get that chance if Brock Purdy can't go. Yep. Which means Sam Darnold may be doing more clipboard holding than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I do believe based on what I saw from that offense, he can make Sam a much better quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is about that offense that seems to be quarterback friendly to anybody who steps under center in Shanahan's offense, you know, Sam Darnold's fortunate to be in that situation. How much, are we, how much yeah. are we going to see him? This season, I don't think as much if Purdy stays healthy. Yeah, like I think he's also in a spot where, you know, let's face it, Purdy had a really good surprise kind of year last year. I don't think they believe in Trey Lance. Right. You know, there's a chance that Darnold could get his number called where there isn't necessarily the pressure on him out of the shoot that he had certainly in New York or or even in Carolina. Like he he's he's in a pretty good – and he's in a place where you can really learn a lot of stuff, I think, in, with Mike Shanahan – or with Kyle Shanahan, sorry. I think he can learn a lot uh, there too. Did you realize? I, I'm trying to remember if Lane said this to us when we had him on not all that long ago. If you want to check it out, you go to jacobsports.com, our interview with Lane Johnson. He had surgery on both groins. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, he was speaking yesterday and he said, um, quote, I feel awesome. Uh, I rehab pretty early. I had the surgery in early February on both groins. 
you know, oh. after, yeah, after the first initial weeks, I was up and working out and got cleared a few months later. So really feeling good. All right. But look, that's great. I didn't realize it was both. I didn't I, either. Oh. You imagine? You start talking about growing. It makes you cringe to begin with. Oh. Double growing surgery? Uh, uh, that tells you how tough that dude is, though, man. I, oh, man. That, that will never be questioned, how, how tough that guy is. Uh, that's for sure. But that was, uh, yeesh. All right. Um, other Eagle-related note, uh, Nick Sirianni said that um, Matt Patricia has been an excellent resource for him. Mm-hmm for things to bounce things off of. Uh, he said, quote, he's been an excellent resource for me. You bring guys like that in just to do that, be resources for you, be reforce, resources for the defensive coordinator. He has a ton of experience. It's nice to have a former head coach on the staff that I'm able to bounce things off. You know, that is the other thing, even though Patricia didn't do well in Detroit. You remember we talked about this last year. You just wondered because there weren't a lot of guys with, with head coaching experience. It was right you know, mostly younger guys, not Stoutland, but mostly younger guys. That is nice to have that resource on, on the defensive side and as a head coach where you can say, Hey, what did you do in this situation? What do you, what are you thinking? How, how would you handle this? That's it's interesting. I think. Um, I wonder how the side feels about the fact that basically whether they admit it or not, you've got Matt Patricia looking over your shoulder. Yeah. And, yeah, and you do. And from Nick Sirianni's perspective, Okay, I hired this young, relatively untested guy and decided to be my coordinator, but just how good is he? You know, let me go to an authority on defense to see if we're on the same page here in terms of what I want to see from my defense and if Desire is exactly doing it. Not saying that Patricia is a snitch, you know, but Patricia falls in the category of guys who, who are good position coaches but should never be head coaches. Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's a lot of guys in that category. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett, yep. great coordinator in Green Bay, but should not be a head coach. Wasn't ready for a head coaching job. You know? I think the goat of that is Wade Phillips. He's, Wade he's, Phillips, <laughs> prime example. Yeah. You know? um, and basically what you've done, you've reinforced the decision-making side of that ball. You get a better perspective of what your coordinator is telling you when you sit down and you have the coaches' meetings. It's not that you're second-guessing him. It's just that you're getting a broadened perspective of what it's supposed to look like. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. But human nature, Rob, as we know, can be very fragile at times. Well, and you're right about all that. But it could really be as simple as this guy's almost a glorified consultant. Like yeah, it's just that's what he's, he not, is. he's not deciding on so – You're just he's a guy you're bouncing stuff off of. You know, and, and that's fine. That's what he is. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but yeah. like I said, what, how does how does the side really feel about that? Yeah, that's we'll a good never, point. We'll never know that. We'll never know. But yeah. he's got to be thinking, you know, every time he makes a mistake, do you have to look over my shoulder? Yeah. Am I worried about being called in the office? You know, in the it's something to keep your eye on. It, it yeah, is something something absolutely. to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Joe Burrow keeping it very close to the vest. Hey, it, it'll get done when it gets done. I can't worry about it. I'm, I all all I can worry about is getting better every single day. Uh, he's not biting on any of the contract stuff, which is, which is smart. And this is going to get done before the season. He knows right. it. His right, reps right. know it. The team knows it. So lay low. And that's exactly what he's doing. Why create any more? Um, why, why create any more conversation about your contract? You, you pay a representative to take care of these matters. First of all, you're making good money as a first round draft pick to begin with. You're still under a rookie contract. You're about to be paid. Everything that has happened 
from Kyler Murray up to Justin Herbert has set you up to now you're going to be the highest paid player in the National Football League. Right. You know, it's not like you're desperate for money. It's coming. You know it's coming whether it's before season starts or after the season starts. It's coming. That That's etched in stone. You know, so douse the fire as much as you can. Look, I'm here to play football. I have other people to take care of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not talking about this. So you guys trying to dupe me into saying something, you're barking up the wrong tree. All right, so there's that one. Um, Chase Claypool, at least say whatever you want with him uh, about him. He is self-aware. He said, look, I I know this is a monster year for me. I know it's an enormous year for me. I know I have to play well. I know what people think about me. Um, I'll give him that. You know, he's not denying anything. He's kind of out in the open. So good for him. Um, We talked about this, I believe it was last week. Yep. Here's a young man with incredible talent. Displayed it somewhat when he was in Pittsburgh, but fell fell out of grace. Now he's in Chicago and has already fallen out of grace heading into training camp. Do you want to be the next Josh Gordon? You know, Josh Gordon was a phenomenal talent. He just had the drug drug problem. Do you want to talk? Do you want do you want to work your way out of the league before you can um, basically fix your your image? So I would assume somebody's gotten in his ear and 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 you know, somebody he respects saying, look, dude. You have a chance to do great things here with a team that's growing. Mm-hmm. You know, they already brought in another receiver because you weren't it. You didn't yeah. live up to expectation. You know, you might have one foot out the door, and who knows where your next stop could be if there is a next stop. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, if you do physically what you're supposed to do, and if they get you the ball, you're going to make parlay that into a big contract. Mm-hmm. If you can change your image, yep. plain and simple. Agreed. I agree with you. Uh, all right. Lastly, and you know what we'll do? We're going to hold the Ravens, Derek, until 2.30. We'll do the Ravens' greatest segment at 2.30 after we wrap up Jordan Raynott, okay? So last uh, last NFL note here. Um, I, I thought this was, you know, a good quality thing to do. Ezekiel Elliott texted uh, Tony Pollard and said, look, man, go out there and crush it. Do a great yep. job. Uh, I have, you know, total faith in you, and you, you can do. You're going to do really, really well. I wish you all the best. That was nice, classy move. That's what you. That's what you do. You know yep. what? It's not about. It's about you. Look, man. I I had my moment in the sun. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Anything I can do to help you, let me know. Whether it's understanding the Cowboys' way of doing things or getting a better understanding of what you're looking at, you know, because there's a chance they could still play together. True. So you can tell there's a bond between the two. You know, for Zeke. It's not about you pushing me out, man. It's about your turn. And here's what I'm trying to do in terms of help you to be as the best you can be to make your money the way I made my money. Mm-hmm. You know, so kudos to Zeke for reaching out to him like that. Yeah, I think that was uh, it was a classy thing to do. Uh, also, lastly, the uh, Sean McVay and the Rams are saying they were not shopping uh, Matthew Stafford despite reports in the offseason. They said they wanted him back this year. They believe he's going to be healthy this year. Uh, Cup comes back healthy. They've added some pieces. They feel good about where they are, but they they vehemently deny that they were trying to trade the guy. Whatever. Well, that's the one thing about the social media world we live in, Rob. Um, rumors are fast and furious out there. Yep. Why would it make sense to trade Matthew Stafford when you have no other option? Exactly. I mean, think about it. Exactly. And there's nothing out there in the market you want. Yeah. yeah. Other than a Matthew Stafford right now. Yeah. What, what, what? I mean, seriously. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, but we in the media, we got to chase those ghosts. We always have to chase those ghosts. Man. <laughs> so, right, you got to ask them about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it, 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 sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes yep. there isn't. And, and yep. in this case, the Rams say, you know, 
absolutely not the case. All right, so when we come back, Jordan Raynon from ESPN.com, he covers the Giants. He's at Giants practice today. Saquon Barkley met with the media today, Derek. He had some very interesting things to say um, regarding an epiphany, which may explain why he ends up signing that deal, why mm. he's there, even though it wasn't much more money than he, you know, he, he was getting under the tag, all those kind mm. of things. So we'll, not only are we going to dive into that, just the whole state of the Giants, the state of the NFC East, and the state of the Philadelphia Eagles as well. We'll cover all of it with Jordan. When we come back, don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're going to talk right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We're back. Yes, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hope you're doing well out there, my friends. Uh, he's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Uh, by the way, if you missed any uh, anything that we've we've done a little bit earlier, we had Bo Wolf on. Uh, you go to jacobsports.com. Uh, and you, as well, please subscribe if you have not to Jacob Sports. You can comment. Uh, you can like. You, you can do any of the above. Uh, and we would appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, if you missed any of Bo Wolf from The Athletic a little bit earlier, uh, you can check out the interview in its entirety as well. Um, and we had, we've, you know, everybody that we've had on this week, Sal Palantonio yesterday. Uh, hopeful to have Jordan Raynon coming on in a little bit uh, from uh, ESPN.com, who covers the Giants. And, and, you know, and certainly a lot of interesting things going on there um, with them. So I'll start with this before we bring Jordan up and we're, we're efforting him, as we say in the business. Um Right now, I, I thought it was interesting, Derek, um, what Saquon had to say um, today. So he was at practice yesterday. He, he took the one year deal for 11 million. It was, you know, the, the salary basically is about 900,000 more than he would have gotten with tag. Right. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was very interesting. And, and uh, we're going to have Jordan coming up in, in, in a moment here. So I will I, I'll hold exactly what he said, because I want to get Jordan take who was there. Um, but you can follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Raynon. Of course, he is a ESPN NFL Nation reporter who covers the New York Giants. And he joins us right now. Look at that. Look at that shot. That is that's a, a some puffy clouds there, man. I, I feel like Bob Rossi. I'm, I'm give me some happy clouds. And, and well, usually, guys. usually when yeah. I come on, it starts raining on me. So yeah, really, yeah, it looks decent. Yeah, it looks decent there. I was <laughs> waiting for a weather report when I saw your first shot. <laughs> Look at that, right partly cloudy. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Good shot. Um, all right, Jordan. So let, let's start with this one I, before we get to what Saquon said today, which I thought was very interesting. Okay. How surprised were you that he agrees to the one year, eleven million? After all, everything that went down, man, and this was like drama city, and you're in right in the middle of it. But how surprised were you? Yeah, I did not think that was going to happen. I was very surprised. I thought we would see him in September. I mean, he got basically nothing. Nine hundred thousand more. Yeah. Yep. Did he get nine hundred thousand dollars more? He's got to yeah. earn it with the incentives. You're right. Yeah. Rob, Rob, he needs to set a new career high for rushing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what? On top of it, he's one of them. Also have to make the playoffs because make the playoffs doesn't matter if he runs for seventeen hundred yards. It's true. So he really got very little. Uh, Two million dollars up front. I don't know. I guess that's something to him. I mean, I I, I don't know why, but yeah, very surprised. Uh, the key here, and this was important to the Giants, they still have the franchise tag for next year. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to be back in the same spot, likely if Saquon plays well, and the Giants. They're going to be like, well, we're not paying you multi-year deal. This big number, it's just not worth it. So it's a tough spot for everybody uh, except for the Giants who have no problem with Saquon Barkley playing on the franchise tag. Jordan, why do you think Saquon didn't 
pursue the, the, the road that Josh Jacobs took with, with the Raiders, not showing up at all. You know, especially when you hear what, what, what Saquon had said on that podcast earlier before it was released in July. Hey, you know what? Do I make a plan? I don't want to betray my teammates. Why do you think basically he came back for virtually, I mean, to be honest, nothing? Yeah, Gunner, it's easy to say it, right? It's a lot harder to do it. You're talking about a guy, first of all, Saquon just said he was totally planning on not showing up, right, and taking this maybe into the regular season. And then he had an epiphany, he said, and he changed his mind. And he realized in his mind, and I disagree, I think he could have fought for that franchise tag again next year. That's what I would have done if I were him. But you teach their own. He said that he didn't think it really was going to accomplish anything by sitting out, that he'd be kind of stuck in the same spot anyway, right? Mm. So, and you're talking about a guy who is very image conscious, right? He has, from the day he arrived, come and constructed a very a careful about his image, right? And you see him responding on social media to people. Like, you know, of course there's rumors and BS out there. You see him responding to it. So what does that indicate to you? He's listening. It affects him. It bothers him. I don't think he could have stomached him sitting out. Fans don't really care about your money in the end. They would just be like, show up, Saquon. You're being greedy. There'd be a faction out there that would be saying that. And he, to be honest, could not, I do not believe, could have taken that. He has been a guy who's prided himself on being a team first guy from the day he stepped in the building. He wants to be great. He wants to be an all-time great. And all this would have kind of contradicted, in his mind, sitting out and waiting and giving him a hard time. I mean, I don't know. Michael Strahan did it, right? Uh, Emmett Smith has done it. Remember Mike Quick? Uh, yeah. I remember when I was in Philadelphia, he used to say every year he never he, he used to hold out from training camp, right? Not show up. <laughs> never showed up for camp. Never showed up to camp. No. Nobody cares about that after the fact. But in the moment, I guess he couldn't stomach it. Well, Jordan, I know they had the option to tag him again, but in your in, in your estimation, if he had his druthers, would this be his last year with the Giants? Because with the way everything went down. No, I still think he'd like to stay here. He's okay. family here. He, you know, he his family's in like the Lehigh Bethlehem area. Right. So like when he lives in Northern Jersey, that's like a two hour ride. Right. He's got the New York market, which he really likes and enjoys. Right. He he's into a lot of different businesses and. Uh, educating himself on you know different opportunities that are out there so i think he likes that does he ticked at the team i do think yes deep down he absolutely is he said you know he, he would be flat out lying if he told you like he wasn't frustrated or disappointed mm. kind of like how this all played out but i think he's hoping like at one day that they would that they would offer this long-term deal and he would take it but the reality is they're obviously not going to offer a long-term deal they made it very clear they've signed daniel jones andrew thomas uh, Dexter Lawrence, they've given them all big money. Unbelievable. And guess what? The one guy who hasn't is Saquon Barkley, but that's also because he plays running back. And you guys know this very well how it works. Uh-huh. I mean, the Eagles wouldn't sign a running back if you uh, had Howie Roseman in the dentist chair and were pulling out his teeth. He would go – Howie Roseman would probably be standing up there with zero teeth <laughs> before he, he signed a running back to a deal like that Saquon wants. You know, we, obviously Saquon is the focal point of the offense. How much do you think Matt Breida will contribute to the offense? I mean, he, he's a quality back, um, always been an understudy. Um, do you think there's a definitive role for him there? 
I think Matt Breed is in a role that's good for him in a, as like a fill-in part-time guy. I don't think he's a guy who can who can handle a lot bigger role. He, every run he runs, he ends up on the sideline. He's not going to run between the tackles. That's just not his thing. So he's like a specific player, and I think he's good in like a a shared backfield, you know, uh, limited type role. So I don't know. Eric Gray is the guy they drafted a fifth rounder out of Oklahoma, who's kind of interesting, a bigger one cut kind of guy, but pretty explosive. But at the same time, Gunner, look at what the Giants have done. Okay, they have, I believe, it, four guys that started games last year wide receiver that aren't even on their roster right now. Yeah. And if David still doesn't make the team, that would be five. You added Jalen Hyatt. You went out and signed Paris Campbell. Isaiah Hodgins they got late last year. They, they traded for Darren Waller. What does that suggest? They want to throw the ball more like everyone else in the league. Their intention isn't to run an offense like they did in the first half of last season. They did that out of necessity. So the reality is, and this is why I laugh at the, the Saquon incentives, the reality is he's going to probably carry the ball less and play less. And he already hit a career high last year. The rushing yard total is more than that. So, you know, you got to stay healthy. Like, it has to be like a perfect, perfect storm for him to get there. They're trying to get to what they want to be. Remember Brian Dable when he was in Buffalo? He actually never even ran the ball at all. Yeah. There were games where they literally didn't run the ball. So, I think we're he- they're heading towards a team that's not as reliant on Saquon Barkley. Where, you know, that, but that's just what – they came in this new regime, and that's what they had on the table. So, what's the best? What's the best way for us to win now? This is what we have. We're going to use Saquon Barkley, and and you know, use him and spit him up is spit him out is not like the furthest thing from the imagination, right? Jeez. Well, Jordan, let me ask you, and I know you you've always been pretty bullish on on uh, Daniel Jones. I have been. with what they've done uh, around. Forget Saquon for a minute with Waller yeah. and, and some of the other you know receiver position. Are they going to be able to do that? Like, it's great in theory if you have Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen and all that, but can they do it with their personnel? I think they can do more of it, right? They're still not there yet. I think they went into this offseason and realized that true number one receiver wasn't really there. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is not the move for them. They're right. a team that's still trying to build up, right? DeAndre Hopkins is a, is a move for a team that's trying to get over the hump. So they're very realistic where they're at. I just think... They were like, okay, we can't really get that true number one receiver. The best thing we could do to get a number one, a number one wide receiver, the best thing we could do is get a number one receiver. Okay, Waller, is, that's a tight end. So it's a different way around it, right? So I think they're getting there, but they're not quite there yet. You're right. But their goal, I think, next offseason will be to get that number one receiver. Then you could put a number one receiver with Waller and then Saquon Barkley maybe on this franchise tag again. Then you got something, right? And then yeah. you could, you're really there. So little by little, they're getting there. Hey, Jordan, uh, a lot of the, the, the experts on the outside looking in have said, we're going to find out real soon if last year was a fluke for the Giants based on the strength of their schedule this year. You know, we talk about the Eagles schedule. The Giants schedule is just as bad this year. It's tough. Give me your perspective on if you agree or disagree with that notion. I don't. I disagree with the idea of whether it was a fluke because yeah, I don't think anyone. First of all, you know what their the Giants over under is in Vegas right now. Mm. We'll get take a guess. Okay, uh, seven, and a, seven and a half. 
Gunner's got it. Okay. Seven and a half. Do you know what it was last year, by the way? Six and a half? Seven and a half. Oh. Wow. So I don't think anybody, a lot of people outside of like the Giant fans are looking at this like, this is a 10 or 12 win team. You know, like last year they were probably a six win team, but outplayed their, their talent. Now they've improved. They're probably like a nine win team. You know, so I think if they're in that range, to me, that's not last year was a fluke. It was last year they just they, they outplayed their talent. And, mm-hmm. and I think most people probably think that now anyway. So I think they're building in the right direction. They could be a better team with a worse record. I could clearly see that. If they go eight and nine, they could easily be a better team. They don't get to beat up on the AFC South last year. I don't know what the Eagles did off the top of my head. The Giants swept the AFC South. Okay? That's four wins. Uh, they won three out of four, or uh, no, they split the NFC North. So those are six of their nine wins. Now they have what the uh, AFC East, which might be the toughest division in football, right? Mm-hmm. And the NFC West, which has some pretty good teams. So uh, it's certainly going to be a lot harder to win this year, mm-hmm. even though their team might be better. Yeah, and you know what, Jordan, you could apply that to pretty much every team in the NFC East. I mean, certainly the Eagles could be an 11-12 win team and yeah, be either the same or better just with a level of competition, Cowboys and Washington as well. So in, in your estimation, is this, a, is this a playoff team, this Giants team? I think they're in the mix for a playoff team. Like, they're on the bottom end of that, like, playoff run. The only thing that works in their favor here is the NFC still is not very good. Yeah. Like, yep. Daniel Jones is on the higher end of NFC quarterbacks. I don't care where you stand on Daniel Jones, right? There, there just isn't a lot of high-end quarterbacks in the NFC. So when you have that, I think you have a chance. And he has a chance to keep growing and get better. Even if he – let's just say he's the same as last year. When he, By the way, he played really well. Yep. People want to, like, diminish him because as they're trying to make the stake one point. Like, he won a lot of games for them late. They, they came back and won a lot of games in the fourth quarter. And when you're losing and trailing in the fourth quarter, which he was second in the league and come from behind wins, guess what? You're not running the ball in the fourth quarter. You're throwing it. Right. So, and, and maybe he made some plays with his legs, too, so he's running it. But if you take the same year that he had last year and add pieces around him, it's just going to look better. I mean, you saw that. Part of that was what happened with Jalen Hurts. He played better for sure. Yeah. But when you have better pieces around you, you're going to look better. Yeah. So I, I think he could continue to go in the right direction uh, and and – be a, a high-end quarterback in the NFL, especially with his targets improving. Jordan, the, your, the defense there is so puzzling. They were 25th in the league overall, but yet they only gave up 22 points a game. Yeah, It's weird. And, and from, from what you've seen offseason leading up to now, how much better do you think they'll be in year two of Wink Martindale? Did they add enough personnel in the offseason to make the product better? Well, they added Bobby Okereke from the Colts, so uh, when you're looking at what they were starting last year at inside linebacker, that is a huge, huge upgrade. Now you're talking about a, a three-down linebacker in the middle of their defense. Maybe he's not an all-pro pro bowler, but he's a solid NFL player. They were starting Jalen Smith last year, Yep. right? I mean, they were bad at that position. So that's a huge addition to the team. Uh, and I think really where this defense goes and how good they could be rests on the shoulders of – Kayvon Thibodeau. He had four sacks, showed some promise as a rookie, but if he can be a real high-end pass rusher, now all of a sudden their defense looks a lot different, right? With him, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams up front, 
uh, Aziz Ojolari, who's struggled with injuries the last two years, peak of play. You know, that defense all of a sudden looks a lot different. So they're hoping Deontay Banks can step in and be one of their starting corners from the jump. So, I mean, you know that rookie cornerbacks might take their lumps a little bit. But, yep. Yep. but still, I, I think if, if, they, if they have that pass rush and they're strong up front with those guys uh, and Thibodeau is that guy, all of a sudden this could be a really good defense. This could be a top half of the league defense pretty easily. Now, they added defensive line depth. I think that was big. That was part of why. Their problem last year was actually stopping the run. Mm, okay. So yeah, the Eagles, some... the Eagles ride all over them in the in, in their game, the playoff. Yeah, games, and, sure. and why? Because you have that misdirection on those zone reads, right? right. And, yep. and J- Jalen Smith, I, he might have run into the stands a couple of those plays. He might. I think I see him in section one twenty two. <laughs> uh, let me go to the other side, Jordan, real quick here. Um, I know they added Waller, which is, he's healthy is a significant piece. Did they do enough in your estimation with the receivers? I still don't think they're there. Yeah. But I mean, they're not what they were last year. I mean, they were starting guys. Marcus Johnson started for them. He played for the Eagles, by the way, won a Super Bowl I, ring with the Eagles. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, for yeah, five I, minutes I'm, he was here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a starting wide receiver for the Eagles, okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the guys that were starting, Richie James, um, Kenny Galladay, not in the league. Like, go on and on. They started guys that just weren't NFL stars. David Sills. I mean, so, are they better than that? Yeah, like Paris Campbell, another guy, injuries, we'll see. But super speed has proven at least he can play in the league. I think he had 700-plus yards last season. So, you know, Isaiah Hodgins looks like he's a player. They drafted Jalen Hyatt. Darius Slayton they brought back. We know he's at least a player. Like, he's limited. He's going to drop some passes, big passes. But he he's a guy who can contribute at this league. So, I think they're better. They're not there yet. That's why they need Saquon so bad, right? Because if your wide receiver core is still probably below average, Waller's obviously a really good tight end. You can't go into the season with below average running backs on top of that. So to have Saquon with Darren Waller and an average receiving core, I think it's enough to be a good offense. Not not a great offense yet. Like I said, baby steps. Joe Shane knows he's not there yet. They're, they're getting there, though. Hey, Jordan, give me a couple of players we're not we're – not- aware of that you that you expect big things from this season aziz ojalari is someone i mentioned mm-hmm. before like i have people in the building that have told me that he's a better pass rusher than Kayvon thibodeau oh, and wow. if you go if you go look at his per like per game numbers they're great like he's been a beast when he plays the problem is he's dealt with a bunch of injuries the last two years so he's able to get to the quarterback and sack the quarterback so he's the guy i would definitely look out for uh on the offensive side, I really do think Paris Campbell is the guy who's going to be a big part of this offense. I didn't even mention before Wandale Robinson, who was a second-round pick. He's coming back from a knee injury, too, but uh, he's part of that receiving core. So is Sterling Shepard. to cross their fingers, hope he can come back and give him something. Uh, but, yeah, I think Paris Campbell, regardless, is going to play a pretty big role for this team. And I, there's a lot of people who think he has a lot of talent that if he can stay healthy, he could be a really good receiver in this league. So I think he could do he could do a lot of damage. And Eric Gray, I mentioned before, I honestly think that, like, let's say Saquon got injured, like you have Matt Breda, that Eric Gray would probably be the guy that plays the, you know, like the every down type role. Mm. And Matt Breda is like, and Gary Brightwell are the guys that kind of fill in uh, the gaps there. 
Jordan, let me ask you just, and, and if you've been so knee deep in Giants and, you, and you're not as familiar with it, I, I get it. I'll, I'll ask you something else. But what do you make of Sean Payton's comments where. Oh, I did see that. Oh, I mean, he is blasting. And, and and then he gave a little bit of it to the Jets, too. Uh, so, so here's what I think of Sean Payton's comments. Ready? Sean Payton knows he's on his last job, right? He knows if he ever, if he's done, he just goes right back to TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's set. He's set. His legacy's already set. He's already considered a great coach. He's already had a great career. So he just no holds barred. He can say whatever he wants, have fun, give it a shot in Denver, try to make it work with Russell Wilson. If it does, he's a genius, right? Yeah. He turned around Russell Wilson now, too, on top of all the success he had in New Orleans. So what the hell? He can just do it. <laughs> you know, he's in I don't I don't give a crap mode yeah. at this point. Yeah. And and he's made you know what kind of money in his life. And, so he hey, can, wait, and yes. did any did he say anything that's not probably true? No, that's got right. what I was saying that earlier. Like, n- name one part of it that wasn't true. You're like, mm, nope. It's, really. what, it's what we're all thinking. Yes. So it's like, ah, you know, yeah. he's not right. He just oh, he believe just me. A- as a host, I'm like, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you. of course. The best part is he's in a position. Everyone like aspires to be where he is. You're yeah. in a position where you can just sit, you can say it, and the repercussions are so minimal. You don't have to like, give a crap. Yeah. And, and you can also rip your own your 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 employer's GM. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that you see what that idiot did. Well, he, besides paying me all this money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Hey, hey Jordan, you being in that dual football New York media, how weird is it that there's more hype about the Jets than the Giants? Isn't that weird? The Jets are the story of the NFL right now. Yes. Like, it's going to be that way. Aaron Rodgers just has that vibe to it. Yes. It is just the way it is. This is uh, an interesting dynamic here for sure and and very unusual. Because remember, Rex Ryan back in those, like, you know, 2010, 2011 days, like, he he would do all this stuff to try and get that attention, right? To try because he knew the Jets were a little brother. So he had to do these things to try and get them to be the team. Aaron Rodgers shows up and he's instantly that guy. Like right. That is how big he is. And everything he does is just so fascinating because of the last, I don't know, five, six years mm. that, I don't know, he's, take, he's taken over the city. And the funny part is he's fully embraced it. It's yes. like, I think Aaron Rodgers, as I look at this, he just wanted to, like, he looked. This is a guy who lives in California. I believe he lives in like the Southern California, not in LA, but like in the suburbs, basically. Yep. yep. He just wanted to get the hell out of Green Bay for years. <laughs> like, he loves Green Bay. He had a lot of success there. He played there, but it's Green Bay. I feel like he just got. It's like, oh my God, look, I'm in the world. I'm in the free world here. <laughs> look at all these things out here. <laughs> and like, you see Aaron Rodgers at uh, Taylor Swift, at the Knicks, at the Rangers. He's going to operas. He's going to Broadway shows. He's out and about in town, going like, and and, and it's really uh, everyone's eating it up. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big story, man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got a playground now that he never had in Green Bay. Where are you going to go to the cow pastures in Green Bay? Yeah. Now you're in the number one market in all of America. Broadway shows, beautiful people everywhere, big money, so much to do. It's like he's like at, at Disney World right now. Yeah, I, I it's unbelievable. And on top of that, uh, it is fascinating because the Jets are a team. Aaron, just think about this. And trust me, I grew up here. I, my, my, my family is a lot of Jets fans. 
the Jets, let's say Aaron Rodgers is 75% of what he once was. He is by far the best Jets quarterback of my lifetime. Wow. At 75%. Like, it's not even close. Who's next? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Who's next? I mean, unless you want to go back to Namath and you could argue that. But, like, right. who's who's who have the Jets had a quarterback that has been like a, an all-pro type player? It's been band-aids. You know what I mean? It's just been a bunch of guys who, who have been okay for you. And, and you know got- who the best quarterback they've ever had in my lifetime was? Chad Pennington probably before he oh, heard his I would own. agree. Oh, jeez. I would agree. Yeah, but, it's not crazy. I mean, that's the best that they've had. So, to have Aaron Rodgers there, I get the Jets fans' excitement. Like, yeah. think about that. This is – like, they had Brett Favre once upon a time, but he was there for a half a season, and I think he heard yeah. his tricep, bicep. Right, and then he went to the Vikings he and was decent he, for a little bit. He yeah. couldn't throw the rest of the year. He literally was throwing checkdowns yep. for, like, the last eight games because his he had a torn arm. It's true. It's true. So, all right, Jordan, listen, man, we know we, you got to get back. We appreciate you hopping on with us for a couple minutes. You, I love uh, love the reports on SportsCenter. Love checking out your, your, your writing. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Appreciate and, you guys. We'll see right. you soon. Enjoy, enjoy you, that summer heat, man. See you, it's brother. beautiful out here. All right. Beautiful. Thanks, Jordan. All right, that's Jordan Renan. Great, great. He does a great job, man. And, again, follow him on Twitter, at Jordan Renan, R-A-A-N-A-N, ESPN, NFL, nation reporter he covers the giants um and, and again espn.com for all of his stories if you want to keep up and, and jordan does a great job like he is he is not a homer uh writer he will call no. the giants out he will tell it like it is he will he will get into them man trust me it, it's i i appreciate the way he goes about things so it was interesting I, that's the thing we talked about Derek. there with saquon he's got a hit incentives just to get back to the number he was going to get for the tag i don't I get know. this it doesn't I don't make sense it. It doesn't make sense, and the Giants have the leverage again for next season. I don't get it. It basically tells me he didn't want to be a distraction to what, you yeah. know, whatever Brian Dable is feeding the team in terms of, look what we we started. We have to keep building upon that for this year. I don't think, you know, what you, basically from, from Jordan and other people, what you hear about Saquon Barkley is he's never been a me guy. He's worried, yes. He's concerned yeah. about his public image. Uh, he wants to be the consummate teammate. He does not want to be a distraction in any way, shape, or form, doesn't want to draw unnecessary attention to him. And I think that's why he basically gave in. Uh, but when you look at the deal he signed for, it, it virtually means he didn't get a raise. No. You know, he got $2 million up front, but he didn't really get a raise. It's going to be very hard to hit those incentives. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, let's let's uh, let's step aside. We come back. We'll do our greatest. We'll continue with our greatest. It'll be the Ravens, Derek, when we come back. We'll do that. A lot of good birthdays. Again, we've been on a little bit of a birthday roll here. Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll hit movies that that came out on this date as well. Not as good as the month of May, but pretty good for July. Well, nothing compares to, yeah, as as Sinead O'Connor, RIP would say. You finally admit it, my friend. (laughs) There you go. All right. Let's come back. We'll do the Ravens. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to some of the big stories of the day with the Eagles, all those kind of things. So he's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Back, final segment of the show. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Friday Eve. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. All right, Gunner, let's uh we've been doing this um all the way up until training camp. We've actually because we had a few teams left, we sort of dipped into camp as well. Um you want to do the Eagles tomorrow? Absolutely. We'll do the Eagles finish, tomorrow. Finish yeah. the week off on a high note. Okay. We'll do the Eagles tomorrow. Um, so what we do is we kind of take a look and it's, it's sort of in order, but it's all, we're also just making sure we get people in there too, who we, you know, remember maybe the stats aren't the greatest that you've ever seen, but mm-hmm. best for best 10 from, from each organization throughout the NFL. And we're up to the Ravens today. Uh, I went first yesterday. So you get first crack D gun. Um. You cannot mention the word Baltimore Ravens without mentioning the, the the name Ray Lewis. Yep, Ray Lewis played 17 seasons in the National Football League, all with the Ravens. That's how respected this man was. He will go down as one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. You know, some would argue he was the best linebacker when you compare him to the likes of Nitschke, you know, Buckets, all these all these linebackers, you know. Um, for a man that big, he was only 6'1", but he was like a Sherman tank, mm-hmm. you know. And for a man who could move the way he moved and to do the things that he did, I mean, this man racked up over over 2,000 tackles in his career, 159 plus, 
uh, uh, wait, fifteen hundred plus solo. Both are NFL records, by the Incredible. way. Incredible. Yep. And you know, when he retired, he felt he could still play another year, and he was still playing at a quality level. Yeah. Uh, Ray Le- Ray Lewis is one of those players who struck fear into anybody who lined up against him. He would talk trash, but I tell you what, that man could back it up. And when he hit you, you could see souls leaving bodies. You know, <laughs> and, I, and, I love, and I love the recent years watching the story of uh, when him and uh, Eddie George talked about how much they hated each other. Yeah. And they would go at it. You see how they would go at it and get in each other's faces. Um, but Ray Lewis is one of my all-time favorite players. You know, his antics when he'd come out of the tunnel. But he was more than just a showman or a showboat. He was the epitome of what, what tenacity um, and, and, and what a professional football player is meant to be that ultimate gladiator. Yeah, I agreed. He was incredible. Um, it's amazing how many of these guys that we're going to do on these lists were defensive players of the year, uh, too, and, and Ray Lewis being one of them. Uh, for sure. I, I debated where I was going two and three. I'll, I'll be wait, honest. Wait, real, real quick before you move on. Yeah. The one thing that will, you being, you, you being the, the Eagles historian, Philadelphia sports historian, Ray Lewis was the fourth linebacker taken oh. in the 1996 draft. Baltimore took him 26th. Your Philadelphia Eagles picked 25th. You remember who they took? Is it Jonathan Harris? Was it uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, John Harris. No, who no. was it? Jermaine Mayberry, who actually was okay, but he wasn't he was Ray okay. Lewis. I know. Ray Lewis was right there. Oh, and the Eagles took Mayberry. The hardest game that you can play as a fan of a team is yeah. the look who went in front of your yeah. selection or, or after, I'm sorry, after your selection. And yes. uh, that's the worst. It's the worst. That's like Jalen Rager and Justin, Justin Jefferson is the ultimate. It's the ultimate. Yep. yep. You'll never, every time you see Justin Jefferson do something, you're like, son of a. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I went really hard. I, I debate it really hard between two and three here, but ultimately okay. I went with Jonathan Ogden because yes, this guy was a force on that offensive line. 12 years. Hall of Fame, never, ever, like, like retired still at a very high level. This easily could have, this guy could have played three more years with ease with the way that he was still playing when he retired. But he was nothing short of great, this guy. The funny thing is, um, he will always be for, remembered for, players remember him for always smiling on the field yep. in between plays. And I remember Michael Strahan said something about one time, he said, you know, you look at the guy, he doesn't look mean enough to play, you know, at a high level in the National Football League, and then you line up across from him, and he rip your arms off every play and frustrate the heck out of him. So he was, you know, Jonathan Ogden was a master of the Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd always make you feel warm and welcome, but all of a sudden when the ball snapped, you know, he tried to take your innards out, man. You know. <laughs> take your innards <laughs> out. Yeah, man, that, man, that man made 11 Pro Bowls in, what, 14 seasons, I believe it was, in 12 yep. 11-time Pro Bowler, dude. Jonathan Ogden yeah. was one of the best tackles that ever played the game. No he question. Was. He was. He was tough, man. All right, who's, who's your number three? I got to go Ed Reed. Yeah. Ed Reed was the That's best. That's what I debated between those yeah. two. Yeah. One of the best ball hawks that ever played the game. 64 career interceptions, you know. Um, you talk about a dude that could cover ground on the back end of a defense, too. Even when he was out of place, he could cover up for it um, and, and make up make up that lost ground. Um Everything about Ed, Ed Reed, he reminded me a lot of Troy Palomalo. He didn't hit like Troy Palomalo. 
he was a good tackler, wasn't a great tackler, but man, in terms of being in the right place, nine times out of 10, that's what you want in the center fielder. That's what Ed Reed was. And that tells you why he was a hall of famer. At yeah. his position. I'll, I'll give you a crazy Ed Reed stat. So he, he had 1,514 return yards off of interceptions. I, I don't mean punt returns. That's how many yards he ran for with, with picks. So he had 13 yes. touchdowns in four different ways. Yes. That's crazy. Dude. Return, interception, punt return, you know, et cetera. He was just a football player, you know, mm. great player. All right. Who's your, who's your uh, next one? Ooh. This yes. is where it gets a little more challenging. Not that there aren't still good players, but who goes ahead of who? Uh, Terrell Suggs. Yeah. I, I, so I had, I had Suggs next. Yep. I mean, you can't get, you know, the man had 139 career sacks, you know, uh, to, matter of fact, he was at the time, the youngest player ever drafted. He was drafted 10th overall. He was only 20 years old when he came out of college. Yeah, he, you're right. He was very young. I forgot. <laughs> young dude, young dude coming out of college, man. Um, had to wait, had to wait a little time to get to, uh, where he was going to be in terms of obviously because of his, uh, his youth. Um, but man, you talk about a dude, whether he was playing outside linebacker, sometimes they put his hand in the dirt. I mean, the Ravens, the history of the Ravens drafting is ridiculous. Espe- on both sides, but especially defense. Uh, they nailed so many defensive players. Ozzie Newsom and that crew nailed so many of these guys. You know, he, he Suggs wasn't even supposed to start as a rookie. I think he started because somebody got injured. Yeah. And all he did was end up with 12 sacks as a rookie. And was named the defensive rookie of the year. And the rest of his career speaks for itself. Yeah, sixteen years, another defensive player of the year. He was just, he was awesome. All right, I'll go, I'll go Flacco. Like he wasn't the flashiest right. guy in the world. The guy threw for four, more than forty-two thousand yards as a mm. Ravens quarterback. He was the MVP of that Super Bowl, which was a highly contested Super Bowl. If you remember, yes. like he didn't blink in that Super Bowl. He had a, he had a really good game. Um, you know, did it for a long time for them, kind of hung around at the end in other places where he was, you know, really diminished, but had a lot of good years, especially for a guy who, and I know he originally started at Pitt, but who, you know, came out of Delaware, you know, yep. maybe not the biggest program in the world. He was a phenomenal player for them. So I'll, I'll go Flacco. I, I agree with you there. You know, he, he'll never go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but he was an efficient quarterback. And, you know, he, he made the plays when he needed to, but of course, then again, how could you mess up one of the more loaded teams of that era? That's all he did. He was like the Jim McMahon of that era. Jim yeah. McMahon was not a great quarterback, but Jim McMahon was surrounded on both sides of the ball by Hall of Famers. All you had to do was manage the game. And that's what – now, Flacco made some big throws, but for the most part, all he had to do was manage the game and not mess it up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, Joe Flacco definitely has to make that list. Okay. Who do you have next? Uh, Marshall Yanda. You know, yeah. Marshall Yanda played 13 years in the National Football League, eight-time Pro Bowler. Um, at the time, he was considered arguably the best guard in pro football. He was, and he's another guy who hung who hung it up when he still had good years left. He, he was just he had enough playing football. Yep. Yes. Um, he was a third-round pick. Um, you know, wasn't highly projected coming out of college, but man, did he! The coaching staff, kudos to the coaching staff and him for working on his craft because he was rock solid. You know. Um, I mean, bold, bold people off the ball, didn't give up many sacks. You know, you weren't shooting through his gaps many times. Um, wasn't the biggest guy out there, but, man, was he tenacious uh, for most of his career. 
Yep. Good choice. Uh, I'm going to go Jamal Lewis. Uh, the guy had over uh, one of the great years you've ever seen in 2003, over 2000 yards rushing. I, the, you know, the only thing that maybe hurts him when you're having these kind of discussions is he didn't play a ton of years. Right. I think he just kind of got worn out. It had a lot of injuries that he dealt with and some other stuff off the field that he dealt with. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, and he was such a big part of what they did of that, that, you know, he was a, a big help to Flacco, et cetera. So, uh, you know, and then the guy, the guys before him, Trent Dilfer, but I would, I, you know, Jamal Lewis, just an absolute monster. So uh, no, no, no question about it. I'm going to add Haloti Nada. Yeah. You know, here's a man who was six, two, two, six, two, three forty. His mm-hmm. job description was just take up space. So other people around you, I mean, you talk about a dude, you couldn't move. You couldn't budge him. I see two guys, two offensive linemen, this dude, he would stand them straight up. Yeah, which allowed the likes of the Ray Lewis and the other linebackers to come down and make the plays. Yep, but he was a load in the middle of that Ravens defense. Um, I don't. Did he start his career out with the Ravens? Well, yeah, he was a first round pick. Yeah, he was there. He ended up here for a minute with the Eagles. Yeah, he, he finished his career in Philadelphia. Yeah, he was on the downside. Unfortunately, he was. He, yeah, his best years were Raven years. Yeah. Well, man, was it? Yeah, he was a load. So definitely a loading out on that list. I I agree with you. All right, I'm going to throw one on there, out there, that I think this guy deserves it, even though he plays a position that doesn't get respect. Justin Tucker might be the best kicker that's ever kicked. Ooh. Ooh. I, I mean, I think the most clutch kicker is Vinatieri, right, in, in playoff yes. spots. Yeah. But in terms of efficiency and and being able to hit a, you know bombs, I'm talking like 60-ish yes. pretty consistently, Justin Tucker is the man. I mean, that dude is a stud. How long did he play with the Ravens? Still there. He's, he's, st- he's still there? He's still there. Jeez. Dude, you're talking about accuracy. Um, it's it's hard to find anybody out there now with as accurate as he is. It's almost like he's automatic. It doesn't make a difference from where they put him on – call him on the field. 50 yards, 55 yards, automatic. Yeah. Well, you know, think about what an advantage that is to Harbaugh. Knowing if you're in a spot for a game winner or game tire and, and you need like 61 – Whereas most times you're probably just going for it, right? Yeah. Not when you have Justin Tucker. You you are absolutely letting that guy go out there and 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 give it a boot. Mm. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I I just think, you know, to me, like this guy, he's been with them since 2012. So this yeah. would be his 12th year, and he is 90 percent, Derek, 91 percent for his career. He's he's never missed one, ever, from 20 to 29. That's unbelievable. Perfect. He's perfect. Ninety-seven for ninety-seven in, in that distance. He. This is a. He's a beast. I know he's a kicker. I get it. And, you know, everyone's a dump on the kickers, but this guy's different. So yes, we've had very few kickers. We've had a few, but not as many, and none more accomplished than him. Yeah. I'm gonna. Add, I'm gonna add Todd Heap, the tight end. Yes, very um, good tight end. Todd, Todd Heap was known for making the big plays, and he was like Mister Touchdown for a long time. Yeah. Um, in, in Baltimore, if you get inside the red zone, nine times out of 10, they were going to go to Todd Heap. And let's face it, a lot of times he was a primary pass catcher because they didn't have much else on yeah. that team. You yeah. know, he in 400 and plus you, you talk about sure handed 475 touches in his career at the Ravens. He only fumbled seven times. Yeah, he was he was excellent. Like, I think he's he's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, but he's uh, he's in that right. next tier of of real close. You know, real close. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was good. There were a lot of they have a lot of good players in their in their short history. The there's there's two more I give a special shout out to, okay. Bar Scott and Tony Saragusa. Yeah, you know 
Tony Siragusa, the, uh, what was the line I read? Tony Siragusa didn't make Ray Lewis's career. He made Ray Lewis's career a lot easier. Right. Yeah. Siragusa was another guy, big, wide body, 340 pounds, 6'3". Yep. You know, he didn't start his career in, in, in Baltimore, but he had his claim to fame in Baltimore. Um, you know, you talk about a space eater. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 And that's one like. That one hurts, you know that he that he passed. Uh, what was it last year or whatever? Yeah. Like he was just a fun guy. Didn't matter what the circumstance was or you know what. He just he got it. He had a good time with things, you know. And it's a bummer that one. As good and as good as he was, never made a Pro Bowl in his career. I agree with you. Yeah. I yeah yeah. You're, it, but it's also a position that's very I think overlooked a lot of times. Yes. Unless you're Aaron yes. Donald or somebody spectacular, yep. you get overlooked. All right, who was your who was your last one you wanted to, to get? Bart Scott. Oh oh, that you're right. I, yeah. I love Bart Scott. I think the only does it hurt him that he had it was you know he wasn't there maybe a ton of years as Jets years. Does that hurt him a little? But I, I, I agree. It, it does. You know, um he um he he was a special teams demon for the uh, Ravens the first three years he was there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one season he got in, uh, I think it was uh 05, 06 season, he got in because Ray Lewis had a hamstring injury and he put him in the middle and he just took over. I think he had like 12 quarterback sacks that year, something like that. And then they found a regular spot for him as well. Bart Scott, you know, won't go down as a great player historically by NFL standards, but he was a great player for that Ravens defense when they needed it. Yeah, I good. All good. I mean, I a lot of good names there for sure. All right, let's do some birthdays. You ready? Birthdays! Uh, A-Rod. Alex Rodriguez is 48 yeah. years old. Here's a question I have off of, off of that for him. Do you think as time goes on and the vo the voters maybe get a little bit younger, does he have a shot to get into the Hall of Fame? I think the voters who are younger are a little bit more forgiving of the PED era than maybe some of the old school guys. Do you think he ever gets in? I don't know, dude. That's a yeah, good he one. had so many suspensions and yeah, did. time missed. I don't dude. know. I, I, I don't know, dude. I... You better put Bonds and Clemens in first, this you know, and some of those and other guys. Sosa and Sosa, right? And um, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I don't think he gets in. To be yeah. I, I'm not really feeling it. And you know, you're right. Mark McGuire is another one. He better get McGuire. in before, McGuire, before he yeah. gets in. You know, yep. so yeah, yeah. I, I I don't see. I don't see it. I don't okay. see. It. Okay. Uh, Maya Rudolph, who I think is hilarious. Yes. Uh, Saturday Night Live, Bridesmaids. Uh, I mean, she is everything she's she's 51 today. Everything that she's in, she cracks me up, man. I, I think she is really, really funny. I agree with you. You know, yeah. it's it's not a name that just rolls off your tumble when you see her. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, yep. yeah. I agree with you 100%. You know, her mother was the singer Mindy Ripperton. No way. No way. That's her mom. She, and she passed away when Maya was a little, was like yeah. six years old or something. Dude, the, the, the yeah. octave range Minnie oh, Riverton had. Whoa. She was like Mariah Carey before Mariah Carey what? with that range. Yeah. Dude, you, you, you'd hurt something. You'd hurt some of your innards trying to hit that octave range. <laughs> your second innards reference today. <laughs> you uh, damage to your innards trying to hit an octave range like that, man. You don't want to do any damage to your innards. Um, all right. <laughs> um, Triple H, the wrestler, is yeah. uh, 54 uh, today. All right, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. Me too. Nikolai Coaster Waldow yeah. is 53, and I have no idea if I said that the right way, but he, he's better, the actor. Better than I would have. 
Game of Thrones and some other stuff. He's a good actor. He also produces stuff too. But uh, yeah. he, he was uh, Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers, actor. Uh, again, uh, you know, he's in a lot of different things. He's 46 yep. today. I think he's from Ireland. Uh, yep. Yeah. Jerry Van Dyke, who was Dick Van Dyke's brother, was yep. born on this day, 1931. Dick Van Dyke's still alive, Derek. He's in his 90s. I know. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. Pretty what crazy. Is he, what, is, what the heck does he do? He still you goes to the gym. What? He's still. I, they were. I forget. It was like ET or one of those channels. Like Dick Van Dyke still doing his thing. They get him coming out of the gym. I, I like. I don't know. I, I, God bless him. Maybe that's but, what we got to do, Rob, to sustain <laughs> sustain ourselves. Get to the gym. I hear you. Uh, Taylor Schilling, the actress, is thirty nine years old. Here's another one. Norman Lear's one hundred and one. Yes. Still around. You talk about a man ahead of his times in oh. a racially sensitive time that we lived in in the 70s. Yeah. And this man came up with shows like All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Sanford and Son. Yep. You know, and, and the, the topics, oh. the topics were the, discussed then were very sensitive topics. And he made comical moments out of them and people ate it up. Yep. Nobody was doing that kind of that kind of no. stuff. That he was doing in the seventies, especially no, uh, especially a white guy dealing with black yep. issues like that. Yep, it was it was unheard of. It at was a very volatile of. time in America. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah, incredible. And he's a he's a pioneer. That guy. I mean, uh, Max Scherzer, thirty nine years old, Mets pitcher. Yep. Ryan Tannehill uh, celebrates his thirty fifth birthday today. Titans quarterback Ed Ogeron, coach O. Yep. Uh, the thickest Cajun accent you'll ever hear in your life is sixty two years old today. Uh, Bill Engvall, the comedian, is 66. He's very him. funny. Very funny guy. Um, Leo DeRocher, the old Dodgers uh, uh, manager, general manager. Um, Dave Dombrowski, <clears throat> Dombrowski Philly's yep. uh, president, is 67 today. Darius Leonard of, yep. the, uh, of the Colts, 28 today. Julian McMahon, the actor, is 55 today. Uh, figure skater Peggy Fleming, 75 years old today. Mm. Cross. You, know, you know, she was the um, in the 68 Olympics. She was the only American in that Olympics to win a gold medal. No, in the 60 in the uh, the only American to win a gold medal in the Winter Olympics. Is that right? Yeah, we only got one in, in the winter that year. Isn't that something? Man, no, I didn't know that. Good stat. Uh, Irv Cross uh, passed away, unfortunately, uh, uh, very recently. A couple of uh, years ago, yeah. A couple of years ago, former Eagle. Uh, again, a, a guy who was a pioneer. Uh, when he, he, he was broken to broadcasting when there were very few African-Americans who did yes. it. And in fact, you know, was, was the first studio host or analyst, whatever you want to, we're calling them at that point in time yeah. with uh, the NFL today on CBS with Brent yeah. Musburger, Jimmy, the Greek, Phyllis George, et cetera. Oh, Irv was, Irv lot, was that guy. A lot of barriers back then. They, that show was very, uh, and then you talk about it like, like mid seventies, early seventies, mm-hmm. they did a lot of things that were, ahead of their time uh did they they did it and it was you got to understand though back then like you didn't have the access you have at espn the live shots no, and the, no. and it was like you had to watch it you, you came on at noon you know to get you ready for the one o'clock games and it was uh it was really cool it was it was a really good show uh any other birthdays uh let's see, let me go back donnie yen who's one of the uh great uh martial art actors out there now excellent i love any movie that donnie yen is in i'm watching it Okay. Uh, he's 60 years old now. Uh, Keenan Wynn, the great actor Keenan Wynn, was in over 150 movies, born on this day in 1916. Yep. 
Uh, Cliff Curtis, who was in movies like Avatar, Training Days, Columbia. Columbiana is one of my favorite movies of all time. Maybe you talk about that before. I got to watch that. You have yeah. got to see the movie Columbiana. You yep. have got to see it. Yep. Um, because uh, is, is Zoe, what's her name? Zoe Zaldana. 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 Yep. You have got to see them. A great movie. Yeah. You know, okay. If you like if you like uh, cartel type movies. I do. That's right up my alley. Yep. Yeah. So you got to see that. He's fifty five today. Uh, Bobby Gentry, the singer. Um, she was born on. Oh, she, no, she's eighty one now. Okay. She had one great hit. It was old. Remember the song "Ode to Billy Joe"? You remember no, that, that was her. That was her. Yeah. They yep. say that Billy and Joe mixed Alice yeah. and just jumped up off the that Tallahassee Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great name, too. Ooh. Uh, Marvin Barnes, Bad News Barnes, was born on this day in 1952. Yep. Uh, we also have Corey Lindsay, the center for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, is 32 today. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Bean, the GM of the Buffalo Bills, is 47. Done a good job there. All right. Uh Let's go movies. Uh, I don't even know which one this was. One of the Mission Impossibles was 2018. Fallout. Yep. Fallout. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to remember. They're up to like the fifth one now, right? Or, yeah, I got to see this one. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's a movie. I got to see, uh, see that one. I got to see Equalizer 3 that's coming out yes. pretty soon. Yes. And there's one other one I saw. It's another sequel. I'm like, I may have to go to the theaters. I yeah, just might I, have to. I watch e- Equalizer every time it's on. I'll, yes. I don't care what point in the movie it is. Uh, Fallout was six. Okay, thank you, Tone. Okay. The, the latest one is seven. And Tone, okay. Tone gave it two thumbs up. Uh, he liked it a lot. Um, I remember talking to him about it the opening weekend. Uh, f- what is it? Fallout came out in 1990. Or no, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Fallout. And then uh, that's the one it was. Sorry. 1990 Problem Child with John Ritter. I didn't see it, but I think it did yeah, well yeah. in the box office. Uh, Shattered, 2007. Uh, the Simpsons movie was also 2007. Unhinged in yep. 2020. That was Ex- a good movie. Yeah, it was. And Extinction was 2018. Yep. And uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movies was uh, 2001. I think that was the original. Uh, that was the remake of the original, 2001. Yeah, the one from the 70s. Yep. yep. Uh, you got Who's Your Caddy came out in 2007. John Tucker Must Die came out in 2006. And the movie I was just talking about, Columbiana, came out yeah. on this day in 2011. A good call. Christy, a uh, big fan of the uh, the latest uh, Mission Impossible okay. as well. All yeah. Right. So, yeah, not bad. I mean, certainly good uh, good movies. All right, so a couple things uh, just to circle back. July 31st is when the Eagles will be unveiling the, uh, the, the Kelly Green throwbacks that they're going to be wearing. Yes, as a part of their uh, their uniforms in 2023. So, uh, you know, that, that look, I know people are excited and they kind of can't wait. So I'm glad they're going to get their fix of this thing because I know for years they've been calling for that. I get it. So it's good. Good. I'm glad for that. Uh, beyond that, they will uh, get back at the on the practice field tomorrow after the walkthrough uh, today. And then and they practiced again for about an hour and three minutes. So I would expect somewhere. Uh, yep. Around that range, uh, you had you, you sent me the schedule, Derek. So I'll just give give it to the people real quick. I know I did it yesterday, but so what they have the rest of the week is practice tomorrow. Sean Desai will talk, so we'll let you hear some Sean Desai, and then off Saturday, back at it Sunday. So that that's the that's the Eagle schedule. Phillies off tonight. Go to Pittsburgh on Friday, and then you're let me give you pitching matchups for who's going for the Phillies. Pittsburgh started off strong, and they really really fizzled. Uh, Wheeler goes. Friday, then Nola, then Sanchez. So that's your uh, big three. 
Your big three. Yeah. Well, Sanchez has been great. You know, he's been he's been the surprise probably of the season for this team at, at mm. how at how well he's pitched. So that's what you have there. And then, like I said, they they go to Miami on Monday. So that's uh, that's a tough series there against the uh, the Marlins. That's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, we'll, we're going to continue to crank out Eagles content for you. I'll tell you, the NFL's given us a lot of stuff too. So oh my goodness, and it's only will. week one. I know, I know. All right, I want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, great job, man. Producer the program, hey. appreciate it, Tone, as always. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. Thank you to everybody streaming, everybody listening. And, again, if you could, tell a friend, hit the like button. Uh, coming up, we have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio for the next three hours. And then Derek and I are back at it tomorrow same place, same time. All right, Gunner, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Right, my, was, my brother. And we'll do the Eagles, by the way. We'll do the Eagles for the uh yes. for the greatest series tomorrow. So we'll, we'll we'll do that as well. Something to look forward to. All right. Family be safe out there today, yes. especially if you live in a hot area. Be careful. It, it, it ain't, ain't no joke out there today across the country. Old people, pets, the whole nine. Just be yeah. check on them and, and just be careful. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Appreciate it. See you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.